Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
You know, I just thought it was fitting. And for those who are listening over audio, you're not going to get this part. But for you watching right now, you'll get this. I thought it was fitting that we uh, postponed the start of this a little bit later than we all expected to, seeing how the 2024 schedule came out. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, the Iceberg. You're on my channel. I hope you know who I am. And if not, hi. Welcome to the channel. Uh, next to me over there is Danny B in the beautiful Oilers hat. And... There's the, uh, down there is the fan of the lesser Houston football team, the Texans. <laughs> He's just salty that I'm allowed to wear this hat. Hey, we all, we hey. all won this week. We all won this week. Hey, Danny, we're tied for the division lead right now. How does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, me and Darian are actually going to go watch the, uh, Titans and Colts game this weekend. So hopefully we add another win to our column. Well, this is the NASCAR Weekly Podcast and not the Football Weekly Podcast, so I think we'd still knock that one out of the park. But guys, we need to get into, before we get into the schedule, before we get into Talladega, uh, before we get into the Roval this weekend, we're pretty good at hot takes here, and I want to hear y'all start them off. And right now, I think I'm going to start off with Eric. What's your hot take this week? Uh, this is not going to be a hot take, but it's just something I, I had a thought uh, while I was having a nice uh, hot shower earlier today. It hit me suddenly. We de- we bag on Stuart Haas Racing quite a bit, deservedly so, but it really hit me just how awful their predicament is. Um, the penalty that Kevin Harvick got for a couple loose windshield fasteners um, is just the latest of what's been an absolute disastrous year going back to last season four massive penalties for Stuart Haas racing in the past calendar year no other team comes close um but it got me thinking Stuart Haas racing not only has struggled this past year by their standards they are the only team in the NASCAR Cup series right now actively getting worse like look around other teams that have struggled like Legacy Motor Club they're about to join Toyota they'll be a lot better Spire with all that Gainbridge investment they're about to be a lot better hell even Rick Ware racing they brought Ryan Newman in this year to drive some of their cars. They signed Justin Haley. They've got a, a, a partnership with, uh, with RFK Racing. If Colleg Racing brings A.J. Allmendinger back to Cup next year, Stuart Haas is the only team actively getting worse. And think about that for a moment. That's just is crazy to me. just seems like they're completely mismanaged. They're disorganized, leading to these different penalties. Leadership seems inactive. Tony Stewart was off drag racing this weekend while his cars were getting disqualified. It's just a disaster over there. And they're about to lose Kevin Harvick to retirement. I just don't see how it gets better. I really don't. Oh, that's some good ones right there, Eric. I'll I'll go next on this one. And I'm going to just basically say uh, we'll get into more of the overall schedule for 2024 later. But I just got to say a lot of missed opportunity on the part of Speedway Motorsports this year. they had a chance to possibly put Sonoma into the West Coast swing, 
Instead, that second date then goes to Atlanta Motor Speedway to start the year. And that would have just been perfect to put Sonoma in that place, get the green grass there. And then also you've got Bristol moving to March, which it's all we've already seen this song and dance a time or two. We we know it's very likely it could be rainy season, could possibly even still be cold enough to snow during that time in East Tennessee. I I know it because I lived there most of my life. So um just very, very risky. And then uh you know, it's great for the playoff race, but I'm expecting low crowds at both Bristol races this year because the spring date is going to be probably plagued by weather. And, well, from where it stands right now, it looks like the night race is going to go head-to-head with Tennessee hosting Florida. So that's another one where your East Tennessee crowd has to do a toss-up and what they want to go see that weekend. So I'm expecting low turnouts for Bristol as well. Just overall failed uh, scheduling opportunities by SMI this year. Well, I'm going to talk about the schedule as well, but I'm going to go to more of the front half of the schedule. Uh, One of the big changes this year was the dates of the Texas race Uh, is now out of the playoffs. We'll talk about this later in the show. It's out of the playoffs. And now it is, uh, I'm counting down here. I I have it on my phone right here. It is like race seven or I think maybe eight or nine, somewhere in there. But I noticed something else about it. It's on FS1. It is the second of two in a row for the first two races in FS1. My hot take is that Texas Motor Speedway, as much as I dislike it, the market works. It gets big ratings. It should be on Big Fox, especially since it's leading into Talladega. And in my opinion, Talladega is that big cornerstone of the first quarter going to the second quarter of the schedule. And after Talladega, you have a long stretch of races on cable. Fans start to kind of turn away. You need something that helps you get a little more momentum into that. And Texas being on there, I don't think would maybe break $3 million, but it would be around that number. And that's better than a lot of other races around that time can say. I know fans wouldn't like that. Whether it's 400 miles or they go back to 500, I don't care. It should be on that mark. It had, I believe it was, because we have not seen any of the ratings come out yet for this past week's race at Talladega, but I believe this so far is the only race in the playoffs before Talladega that's had an increase in viewership year to year. They should take advantage of that, and I think it's a missed opportunity that they didn't. Um, so that's my hot take. I'm sure a lot of people are. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people probably are not agreeing with all of them. So I am going to pull y'all. Darian will be in here at some point. Uh, Talladega was down ten percent. Damn. Oof. That ain't good. If uh, not, Josh Wise is uh, correct. On that one, which uh, I don't, I don't see why you would, uh, I don't see why you'd be lying about it. So, I'll take you at your word for now. But if you're proven wrong, we'll be more positive or negative. I don't know. Uh, but hottest take right now, pulling us uh, as we go and lick that like button as we're crossing over the 350 threshold. And guys, let's get into this cup race, Talladega, baby. Uh, there was a lot that went on with Talladega. Uh, I know some people were a bit negative, but personally, I'm just gonna say this now. I thought it wasn't a bad race at all. I thought it was actually a pretty good race. And a lot of people were saying it was probably race of the season. I wouldn't go that far yet. I mean, I was at Kansas, so I might be a little bit biased. Um, We'll see what this guy here has to say about it in a moment. Uh, But, Danny, lead us off. What were your thoughts just overall on the package at Talladega, how the racing was, all that? 
Um, well, fair in mind. I watched a lot of football this weekend. I was at both college and pro Tennessee games this weekend, but I got back in time to watch tail end of the Talladega race. What I saw of it, what I saw people talk about online, um, for the most part, pretty much a clean race. It looked like, but you know, they were, they were holding the lines, holding in the packs looked good. People said still didn't look like there was a lot of passing and what I watched it still didn't look like a lot of passing, but I did see, Ryan Blaney find a way right at there at the end. He found a way to make that crossover move work on a final lap. He timed it perfectly. He took the win away from Kevin Harvick. Um, what I saw looked like a, you know, pretty standard Talladega race to me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Quick, Eric, I want to hear, what did you think of Talladega? Because I, I, I kind of gave my, my thoughts on it, but I wonder what you thought about it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was the best race of the playoffs so far. I mean, I think it was, I didn't see hear Kyle Petty's full take. I know what the F does Kyle Petty have to do with this, but he was the one, I think that one of the most outspoken naysayers against this race, it sounded like, and I get where he's coming from. Like, you know, two wide all race long, often three wide, but it was hard to really go anywhere. It felt like the middle lane would bubble to the front and then they drop to the bottom. And then the next guy would take their place, drop to the bottom, take their place. It was like a conveyor belt. It was like constantly like a, like a rotation. At one point, I think uh, three or four Hendrick cars were leading on the inside lane. And I looked up 10 laps later and because so many people had gotten in front of them, they were like seventh and eighth in the inside lane. I thought, well, all they've been doing is riding. They just keep getting passed by the outside. So, you know, sure. I I think this is an example of a race where it looked at times more intense than it truly was, but let's not look past the fact that it was two and three wide fuel saving fuel strategy came into play. Like we never talk pitch strategy at super speedways. We've gotten to do that a little bit this year. It adds a, a new layer, a new wrinkle to it. And at the end of the stages and at the end of the race, you did see people try new lines. We saw guys shuffle each other out four wide. Um, and for the most part, this race was clean. There's that small wreck with Chastain and Stenhouse and Kyle Busch. There was a little bit bigger wreck uh, when Keselowski pushed uh, Hosevar around. Uh, so, and then, of course, there's a big pileup at the end. But my point is, from a pacing standpoint, this race didn't devolve like some super speedways do, like the truck race did Saturday. Like the truck race was unwatchable. It was. The end of that race was unwatchable. It was, it was, it was awful. It was a really bad finish to that race. Um, the cup race, that never happened. So, um, no, not the most thrilling version of two and three wide we've ever seen but the fact that it was two and three wide was still very enjoyable still fun to watch and you looked at the end i know i'm going on you look at the end it was the most uh talented super speedway racers up front it was blaney it was hamlin it was bubba it was busher it was keselowski it was all the fastest cars at harvick it was all the best guys at the front at the end that's all you ask for hey don't forget about riley herbs now <laughs> oh yeah yeah all the best guys and then riley herbs no disrespect but yeah it's true he was up there Derek, he had one of the coolest looking cars this past weekend though. i'll give him that he yeah. did and for once monster did a car that was not just all black and boring uh yeah. but darian kind of leaned towards the end of the race because i think we'll lead into that part now brian blaney wins in a staggeringly large win for his standards of winning at talladega third win i believe mm-hmm. 12 one thousandths of a second again Absolutely huge after the two wins of seven one thousandths of a second. Uh, Blaney at this point, how how you feeling about him? Is 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 it grooving or is it not? No, not really. Because like even last week, I was like, okay, either Blaney's gonna you know run you know like I guess like ugh, mediocre for him at Talladega is like I feel like a top ten at this point, or he's gonna win. Like I don't know. Like I feel like Talladega like it's just one of those tracks where it's like okay, he's either gonna run really good or he's going to get the victory. So like, I wasn't really shocked by it. 
And honestly, like, I don't know him finishing, like, just like him having these close finishes at, uh, at, uh, at, at Talladega nowadays, it doesn't really shock me now. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, well, Blaney wins again, like by a small margin, but I don't know. It doesn't really change my belief that, you know, he, I don't think he's going to make the championship four. he's going to make the round of eight again and then go out again. Yeah, but he's in the round of eight. I think that's shocking. I'd have to go back, but I don't know. Did any of us have Blaney going to the round of eight? Did any? Pr- no, predictions? Because no. I didn't. Not me. So, I mean, obviously it's a Penske car. They won the championship last year, but, you know, if any Penske Ford was making the round of eight this year and Penske has been a little off, I think we would have all said Logano. So, I, like, I'll give Blaney some credit. Talladega, one of his best tracks. He's won there now three times. Like, everyone calls it a crapshoot, but like I said a minute ago, in that top five, top six at the end, it was almost all the usual suspects. Denny Hamlin uh, was restarting at the tail end of the longest line with like 20 laps to go. He finished fourth. Like, like he's just that good. Some guys are just that good. And I think Blaney falls into that category. Yeah. Imagine if he didn't speed though. See, Hamlin would have like eight championships. If he didn't speed on. <laughs> well, I do want to bring up the part that uh, the chat jumped the gun on a little bit. We talked about that close finish. That widened out three hours after the race. Danny, I'm going to ask you this. I asked my chat after the race about it, and I'm going to ask him again. Was this Kevin Harvick's last chance at a win, or is he going to get a win before the end of the year? Well, I'm probably the wrong person to be asking this because at the very start of the year, I I said he's not winning a race this year. He's going out without a win, and he has come so close to prove me wrong a few times, but – I, I'm afraid with the way SHR equipment looks, and at this point, they don't want to get in the way of this championship threat either. That was their last chance to really to be able to throw their, you know, kind of hat in the mix there. I just don't see it happening. They're not going to be bringing uh, Harvick the equipment he needs to go out and contend for the win in these last few races. And I think that that's all she wrote for Kevin Harvick. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Danny on that. And I was like one of the ones I was like, no, he'll get either one or two wins in his swung song season. But oh man, to come that close and then, you know, later get, you know, DQ'd. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just has to do something to you, man. Cause you're like, uh, not only were you so close, the second place points get taken away from you too. So um, I would say Phoenix, but hey, look, we've seen in, you know, time and time again, championship four drivers always win Phoenix. So I'm going to say no. They're not going to bring what he needs for that. No, exactly. So I'm going to say no. But hey, still a a good year by swan song season standards in uh, in NASCAR. Go ahead, Danny. I was just going to say this will transition to you, Eric. It's not going to be like Matt Kenseth, even though he wasn't in the playoffs, them bringing (laughs) uh, race winning speed to the Phoenix. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Um, I thought you were talking about 2020, but I guess that was a more of a compliment. It sounds like 2017. Ah, yeah. Um, so I started to roll my eyes preemptively there. I just hear Matt Kenseth and swan song and I, and I want to roll over in my grave. Um, no, he, he, he went out on top of JGR. Yeah. Let's pretend 2017 was Kenseth last year. That's <laughs> canonically. That is correct. Um, I was going to agree with Darian for the most part. Like I, I think Phoenix is Harvick's best shot. Um, but even if he's in the mix late, like he'll pull a Jeff Gordon and pit for no reason. He'll pull a Ryan Blaney and not try to pass the leader. Like they just, he's not going to try and impact the championship battle too much. Maybe Vegas. I could see Vegas the first race of the next round. I feel like that's 
that race is kind of up in the air, but um, no Harvick overall has had a good season, especially considering the equipment he's been given. I just, what really I don't know, sticks in my craw is how Bristol played out a couple weeks ago. And I know Rodney Childers, like he said afterwards, he was embarrassed by that performance, but one of his best tracks, great chance at potentially moving on to the round of 12. And they just, just missed it that badly. Like that, that was so, that was depressing to me. And I felt bad for Harvick fans watching that play out. Um, so I was rooting for them on Sunday. I really, even though I picked Blaney to win, so I'll take that. I was honestly rooting for Harvick on that last lap because no disrespect to Blaney. Um, he's, I've seen, I've been there, done that. He's done, he's, we've seen him win photo finishes at Talladega. I wanted Harvick to get it. Obviously, the DQ, it wouldn't have mattered at the end, anyways. Yeah, Harvick at Bristol, that just felt like. Like a good football team, like the Bengals, just coming out only scoring three points. Yeah, you know what? Thank God he didn't win because that would have been brutal. We would have gotten the win taken away. Well, I'm looking at the chat, and 82 percent of you of you in the chat agree with these guys, and I'm gonna probably be in that boat as well. I, I hate when we all agree on stuff. I like when we argue. Yeah. Uh, but 82 percent say no. Kevin Harvick will not win by the end of his career. To 18 percent who are very hopeful people. Um, I wish I had your optimism. But there was something else to be kind of optimistic about, and we don't really need to talk too much about it, but I just want to point out 70 lead changes in this race. Now, it's a little bit of, um, I don't know if lying kind of number is that, just because there was the kind of seesaw at the front of the different lines. Uh, but there was the ability to actually get up there and pass. So that's something I wanted to bring up really quick, just a little tidbit. But the big point that I think we should bring up is who lost a lot of points during this race. Guys like Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski and Ross Chastain all wreck, but Keselowski, I think, is the one the most people kind of had a problem with. So let's see. I think, Eric, I'll start with you on this. Did Brad Keselowski do something wrong there, or is it just a racing kind of deal where it's like, well, you got to push a rookie, and they're going to have to learn somehow in there? I mean, I don't think Brad did anything wrong. I mean... I just think sometimes that these types of tracks, Keselowski lacks situational awareness. I think I said this on my show, but I think he forgets that not everybody in the field has a rocket ship like he does. Like his car is usually one of the best at these types of races, but he gets in line behind these rookies. Like at Daytona a couple of years ago, it was Harrison Burton spun him around. And isn't that the crash that Burton flipped in? Um, I think in that same race, he got behind, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Who's not a rookie, but we know he's, always hanging it out. He's sometimes he drives like a rookie, uh, spun him out as well. So, you know, he'd done it before get behind Hosevar and like his fifth career start. You just, you got to know to be a little more careful. And I think Brad overestimates who he's racing around sometimes. And, uh, you know, so I guess that is his fault, but it also was late in the race. You got to go. He's fighting for his playoff life. I, I could go either way. I do think the wreck was mostly on him, but, uh, but you could argue it's the fact that it was a rookie in front of him. You know, rookies are just, they're, they're going to make mistakes too. So it, I think it's just situational awareness. You got to know who you're pushing. Darren, go for it. I'm going to say kind of like you have in there. And thank goodness you put that option. Cause I was like, you know what? That's perfect. I'm going to say kind of, because, okay. Like, yeah, it's towards the end of the race. You know, obviously, you know, got to do what you got to do. He's in the playoffs too. But also when you look at his past history though, on uh, sir on super speedways, uh, I mean, not only has he won, he's also gotten burned a bunch of times. Like he's been involved in big ones that were absolutely not his fault. And I remember uh, Daytona, I want to say, yeah, Daytona 2018. He was like, well, I'm going to start racing these dudes like they race me. 
on these uh, super speedways with no respect, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think it's fully the case in this, but I feel like, you know, now he's just a tad bit more aggressive and especially around these younger drivers too, because he's been burned by them so many times on these super speedways getting involved in their mess. But I do think though, and, and the reason I feel like he's kind of wrong in this, he does need to back off of the, uh, some of the less experienced guys on the super speedways, so to speak. Cause it's like, I know people are like, oh, it's like super easy to race. You just got to, you know, full throttle, mash the gas, you know, turn left, blah, blah, blah. But there's some aero type aerodynamic stuff where it's like all of a sudden the car will get loose in the draft or it'll just like shake on you and stuff. And Hey, some of these younger drivers, they're not ill-equipped to, uh, to handle that. And especially to some extent bump drafting too, as we saw. So I'm going to say Brad Kozlowski was kind of wrong in this situation. Uh, I'm not really going to give an answer because I was actually driving back from the Titans game when that wreck happened. I heard it on the radio, so I, don't, I didn't really get a chance to see it. Okay, I will. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. I really don't think he did anything wrong. I mean, think of the circumstance with that. You know, it's circumstantial awareness is, I think, the way you put it, Eric. I'm, I'm going to put it like this. It's coming down to the end of the race. You can pass, but it is more difficult still than, say, the pre-next-gen Gen 6 era, kind of, end of the Gen 6 era package. You're not going to get the huge runs. It's going to take a lot of time to get up there, and you could be caught in the gridlock. Uh, he was stuck in the back. I mean, it was not like he was anywhere close to the front at that point. The laps are winding down. And, you know, if Carson Hosevar is going to be put up into the Cup Series, he should be raced like a Cup Series driver. And I think the way Brad put it in his interview was right. Maybe not said completely the right way, but... There's no way these rookies are going to learn until you get them in those situations. And Josevar did have a pretty good run for the most part before that. I, I think that, you know, I would probably do that with somebody maybe that you've worked with before rather than Josevar. But if you're just, that's the guy you're around, you got to go with whoever you're around. Plus those Ford bumpers, probably the easiest person to get bump drafted by. Well, maybe not the easiest person at Ford. Uh, but generally the easiest kind of car to get bump drafted by. So I really don't think it was all that bad. I saw a lot of people upset, and I think they were more upset at who got caught up in the crash than yeah. the crash yeah. itself. Uh, but I really I don't think it was that big a deal that so many people made it out to be. Um, now there's the, the, the chat saying 48% said nothing wrong, but 34% and 17% said kind of and yes. So, I mean... I would say a little about fifty fifty, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which fits NASCAR fans. Let's let's be yeah. honest. We never agree yeah. on anything. But not as many directly said yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of that leads me before we get into a couple little things I want to talk about before the end of it, uh, of talking about Tail Day, before we get to the playoff talk. Uh how would you and I'll, I'll just give me a letter grade and maybe a little quick blurb. What grade would you give the super speedway racing now after two years in the next gen, two full seasons of super speedway racing? Uh, what would you give it? Danny, I'll start with you. Cause I know you might not have seen all t- of this Talladega race, but you've seen a majority I'm, I'm of this. I'm still saying plenty. <laughs> I'm going to give, okay. The racing itself, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus, but it's a cautious B plus mainly cause, well, we've, from Harrison Burton's first trip over at the first Daytona 500 with it to Ryan Priest's scary incident at Daytona to even Brad catching a little bit of air, it's very obvious that much like the wing on the car tomorrow, this flat undercarriage is going to 
it's going to be a little bit of a difficult booger for us. That's for sure. Well, I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a C plus. I, I think it's been adequate. I I just, I don't know. I guess I hate hearing, and it's not drivers complaining about it. Well, sometimes they do. I, I just hate hearing drivers complain about, oh, we can't go anywhere with this package. It's gridlocked. It's gridlocked. We had the perfect modern bump draft super speedway rules package at the end of the gen six. It was flawless, big runs. You could make moves on your own two cars. You could three lanes, four lanes. It was flawless. And yet drivers complained constantly that, Oh, we wrecked too much. It's the runs are too big for us to handle. We can't stop blocking each other and blah, blah. So, well, all right. So we had to neuter the package because the drivers weren't good enough to handle the old package. And now they're going to complain that they can't make moves in this car. I just, that part frustrates me the most. That's They're what frustrates me. Wreck. They found race. They found yeah. ways to wreck all the time. Exactly. So why can't we have the awesome runs, guys doing it on their own, like we had three, four, five years ago? Like, I kind of wish we had the old package still. But that being said, the next gen has been adequate. It, it, it kind of satisfies everyone's needs. The fans get two and three wide racing, and the drivers don't wreck quite as often. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. Honestly, I mean, like when you take away the wrecks and stuff, like I don't know, just like the, the you know the super speedway races that turn into shit shows when they actually know what they're doing and stuff when they're actually racing you know properly it's awesome like i was at the talladega race last year and we didn't have any wrecks towards the end and that was some of the best racing i've ever seen in person ever ever and last sunday and last sunday's talladega race yet again delivered and stuff and i think where the disconnect comes is yeah they're all gridlocked and stuff so like it passes the eye test but i guess when you're actually driving it's like Okay, what am I doing here? See, the way I see it is, I feel like to some extent, it's like when you change the AI settings in, in NR2003, you could make it basically where it's like a conveyor belt, like a pack and a conveyor belt and stuff. And yeah, and all that. So I feel like it's this package is similar to that. And, you know, I thought that was pretty entertaining. I mean, it's not perfect. There obviously needs to be some tweaks. But, you know, like they already they already made some tweaks already, too. And the drivers are still complaining. So in this case, I'm kind of going to I don't know. I'm not going to say I don't fully care what they're saying in this case. You obviously have to listen to them to some extent. But I don't know. I I, I love it. I'm going to give it a nine. So I'm going to go if I had to grade an A to, a to F. Give it a C. Uh, I think it's it's a run of the mill super speedway package. I think the, the curve with super speedways is much of a curve when it comes to which is really good and which is really bad we've seen uh early gen six that first speed weeks in 2013 that is an f 2000 daytona 2000 for the most part before the the wicker bill package was an f uh, we've also seen some of the greatest racing in nascar history whether it be you think maybe the, the most previous one which i think is my favorite at the moment super speedway package you think of the old gen four era you think of even the cot era uh, what we constitute as great super speedway racing can be, uh, and then good and average, average super speedway racing, I think would be great at everywhere else. Um, there's been high peaks, but there have been really low valleys. And I think that, I think they're on the right direction. I'll say that. Like if, if this was a grade from a year ago and you know, if we had the same racing as a year ago, I'd give it a D. Uh, because I thought it was there was a lot of problems that needed to be fixed. I think some are being fixed. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the start of the Gen Six era. We, I mean, people forget that the package that True. many liked in 2014 to 17 or so had a lot of that gridlock. Except just there was one leader who kept the lines in order the whole time. You just had to be out front. 
It's why guys like Dale Jr. and Joey Logano were so good with that package. They knew how to get to the front and stay there. Uh, so I think at the direction they're going, it could be maybe a B minus, say, by next year instead of a C. Uh, but I think it's going to take slow improvements. This is not NASCAR's number one uh, priority when it comes to racing, and it should not be. The road courses and the short tracks definitely need it more. Um, yeah, the, the super speedways are serviceable right now. Like I, I don't dread going to super speedways. I'm like, oh, it'll probably be a pretty entertaining race. It'll have a couple hangups here and there, but it's going to be good. Um, but I, I'll also throw this out there. I think Atlanta is the best super speedway track right now. I thought that race a, a couple months ago was outstanding. A uh, lot of runs. That's where we really first started to see consistent three wide racing at times. And it was like, whoa, wait, I, where was that at Daytona and Talladega? Five now we're seeing it at Daytona and Talladega. Yeah. Well, and uh, looking at the poll, what people thought, 62% in the chat thought that this is a uh, B-level super speedway package. Uh, A was 21%, so uh, still a good amount. 13% gave it an average grade of a C, and then 1% of you just think this is an absolute failure of a package, uh, (laughs) D or F. Uh, Again, I'd say if this was a year ago, maybe, but... I don't think necessarily now it's as bad as people will say it is per se. Uh, Now, one last thing I want to talk about when it comes to the Chevys. And then one thing about the Ford starting with the Chevy drivers. uh, I'm going to say this, you know, I'll I'll ask you guys going into it, but I'm totally going to give my opinion going in. Uh, William Byron ditched a one, two, three, four line of Hendrick cars. And I freaking love it because I, I love it. I love the selfishness. I love I love that we, I, we've seen the best super speedway drivers like when push comes to shove screw your teammates go for the win and William Byron's going for more playoff points to possibly ensure him into that championship four early because those extra five points will matter in this next round if he doesn't win uh, I love it but I want to do you guys love him basically just ditching the five nine and forty eight when the five mm-hmm. was in a not a must win but definitely a need to win he is the only one who's you know locked in he can kind of you know take advantage of that and try something else i guess the other the other two uh i know i was excited coming at the end because bowman was leading with like what five to go up i was gonna get to see a trip i was gonna get to see a, a triple a sweep of my favorites winning something but then that went out the window but uh byron though having that win gives him more security to try things like that in this round yeah, I loved it. It was just really surprising because, like, you know, you're so used to, no, nah, stay with your teammates, stay with the other, with the uh, with the fellow uh, Chevy driver, Ford driver and stuff. And I, I like that, um, that, um, that some of that sort of starting to be thrown out a little bit and stuff. You know, hey, he's already locked in, got to do what you got to do. Just go for the win. Just, hey, basically have some fun with it, man. I mean, like, if you wreck or if you win, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're on, on to the next round. So, um, hey, look, there's no team orders in NASCAR. So, you know, he wasn't given any team orders from like or secret team orders from like Hendrick or or whoever so hey you got to do what you got to do I know so I loved it I like it as a fan but from a strategic perspective I think it was the wrong move uh, because not only did he bail on reliable drafting help but now his drafting help knows that he's not a reliable drafting partner so in the future he's lost the trust of the three cars on track he was supposed to already have the trust Mm. of built in. So I like it as a fan. Want to see these guys go for broke, win it for themselves, be selfish. But from a strategic standpoint, I know he finished third, technically second, uh, but big picture, I don't think it was a wise strategic move. So you're saying they won't forget it. 
basically. Yeah, they won't forget that. We already know that Larson and Elliott don't suit, seem to see eye to eye. They're not going to go out of their way to help each other out. I saw they almost made contact on pit road again this week. Um, <laughs> and now you throw Byron in there. It just feels like everyone at Hendrick is out for themselves. And, you know, at super speedways, that's not good. We saw how it affected colleague in the Xfinity race at Atlanta, I think earlier this summer. Um, so, you know, from a strategic perspective, I don't think it was a good idea. I just, I think it was so much, especially with the races coming down in this system. One, you're going to learn who, who really these drivers are. I think you'll learn it every year. Um, I mean, Derek, we'll go back to Matt Kenseth again. This is like just like the Kenseth uh, memories episode here. He's still um, relevant. Well, I'm just, you go back to Kenseth. Like, I don't think anyone would have thought that uh, Kenseth would be fighting the guy that wrecked him under Yella. And I don't think anyone thought he would do the stuff he did to Logano. Like, you learn who these drivers, like, will be when the when the chips are down. And I, I think long-term, yes, it is, it is definitely not a smart move. Uh, and most often, and this more than likely probably did not work in his favor, but if he rides in line, I think he was the third Hendrick car in line. He's going to be the third Hendrick car in line coming to the finish because if they're, they're probably not going to pull out to the last minute, and that third guy's kind of screwed. Uh, he finished higher than all of his teammates, and you you got you have to make these aggressive moves to get these extra points. I mean, those points that Blaney got from winning this round, if he had made it even off of points, will make a difference after the next uh, four races. Same thing with Byron. You know, Yeah, he won a race, but he can still pad that cushion more and more, and that team can just that much more prepare for Phoenix, which are more than likely going to be in. Uh, I like it. It's going to suck for him long-term, but if he wins a championship, I don't think he's going to care. He has, he'll have the same amount of championships as Elliott and Larson. It's just tough because you had four Hendrick cars lined up on the inside, and because of their shenanigans, Blaney Harvick beat him. We're able yeah. to take control of this race, and guess what? A Ford won, and a Hendrick Chevy did not. So yeah, I like, mean, don't that, remember that. I mean, that is a good point too. Yeah, from the fan perspective, yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, you know, strategy wise, yeah, I mean, Chevy might have to give him, you know, a, have a conversation or two with him, like, hey, can't and, do that no more. And and just coming down to it, I just gotta, I gotta say this. You know, as much as I like Bowman and all. He is just consistently the worst when it comes to blocking on super speedway. He just yeah. he cannot do it. He he could hold it for only so long. Uh, <laughs> I, I think specifically, I remember back to like I think it was a 2019 Talladega race. He threw the most ridiculous block oh, and ended up, yeah, end up wrecking right. him and a lot of other yeah. cars in that one. Just going back even to that, there's been other instances, but he he is consistent he's fine it's like a maybe a second place car but when he's in the lead at talladega or daytona man he is just consistently inconsistent like oh yeah that's the word yeah but hey larson's getting better on these super speedways at least hey i've seen it starting to see some he needed to after the race before well and really quick looking at what the chat thought uh it says nice percentage liked it but 70 percent did say yes uh that they liked the move uh, where thirty percent said no, uh, it it's gonna cost him. Like I would not be surprised if coming to the line with like three to go, he has Chase Elliott behind him or Alex Bowman uh-huh. at the Daytona Five Hundred, and Gets William left. Byron is gonna get ditched. And if he doesn't get ditched, uh, shame on the rest of them. Like I'm not saying it's a wrong move long term, but I think in the short term, going for a championship, I like the move. Uh, but we've seen it before. We've seen teammates that HMS teammates before. I mean, Jeff and Junior always had issues working with each other. Um. I think of it. I think Junior is just the common denominator. All of his teams at working badly with teammates. So I, I, he's not the best person to use in this. Uh, but he won a lot of races, 
And I think William Byron with that killer instinct, I think he will win a lot of races one day too. So that's on the Chevy side. On the Ford side, these Fords are insane at super speed mm-hmm. races. Especially in qualifying, man. Like, I remember the first super, or not the first, but the second super speedway race of the year. Me and Danny had the privilege of covering that. These Fords, man, right from the jump. I mean, what was it, Danny? Like, top eight, top six were all Fords, and like three of them Penske's. Yeah. Coming down to it, you thought thought it was a, well, RCR and Chevy was up there in a mix with them too, but it's like, you know, you had the RFK guys and lots of other Fords was up there. They've been running up front and qualifying up front consistently on these super speedways all year. So it'll be interesting if they can keep that momentum up next year and stuff. But yeah, hey, these Fords, hey, whatever they found, man, just, hey, keep bringing it, man. I mean, let's see. It was Logano at Atlanta won, Busher won Daytona a few weeks back. Who won the second Atlanta race? Um, Byron. Byron, Byron. 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 Okay, so we'll go half three of the six super speedways were won by Fords. Not bad. Um, but I think he was clear at Daytona in February. The RFK Fords were the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, if Logano didn't win Atlanta, Brad Keselowski probably was going to in the first time around. So, uh, no, Fords are just they're really good. I, I don't know if that they always work necessarily the best together. I think they work well together. Harvick and Blaney worked well together until that last lap to get the lead. Um, but they're just fast. Those cars maybe. And you might be onto something, Jared, about those noses. They might push better, too. That too could be something. Yeah, it's a sort of piggyback off your point, Eric. I think they work good together because they won half of them. But if they, I mean, if they worked great, they would have won more than half, I think. I think, honestly, like, I feel like you can make a case they they could have won five of the six this year if a few things had gone their way and if they worked better yeah. together. Well, and then I think that covers it for personally, I think the racing itself. I think now we got to get to the playoff grid. And, uh, People in the chat will be really happy. I got I got it ready to go. Here's what we got for the playoffs right now. So it's basically third through twelfth. This is the battle. Uh Denny Hamlin is plus fifty and third. Then there is Bell plus twenty-two, Busher plus nineteen, Drex plus seventeen, then Larson up fifteen, Brad up is uh two and eighth over Tyler Reddick minus two and ninth, Bubba Wallace minus nine and tenth, then Chastain minus ten and eleventh, and Kyle Bush minus twenty-six. I saw a few reports after the race that were weird that corrected it to thirty-six at, at first, but it is twenty-six from all accounts, uh points yeah. behind Ugh. the ticker. Twenty-six. Uh, can I just say uh biggest missed opportunity this weekend by far was Bubba Wallace. And I know mm. that him just getting to the round of twelve has been a great story. Um, and it's been a successful season for sure, but Talladega is his best track in this round. He entered, I think only two or three points below the cut line. You thought, Hey, this is a great chance for him to go to the Roval, perhaps on the positive side of the cut line. And instead they, you know, just played the strategy wrong, wrong lane, wrong time, got zero stage points. And then at the end, I think he, uh, pit at the end and did he take tires or, or they took extra fuel in case of a green, white checkered and restart 15th and just couldn't go forward from there. They weren't able to, you know, just, get that third lane working. So yeah. it was just missed opportunity. I really thought you know, he was only minus nine. And if he collected any stage points, he'd potentially be in the positive. So it's just kind of frustrating. You just really feel like he is going to regret not getting it done at Texas. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I got to be honest, I had to take a couple of sips of water because like my mouth was so bitter from seeing the minus 26 on Kyle Bush. I was like, oh, yuck. It's like, oh, like and who would have thought that, man? At this point in the playoffs, who would have thought? He's, he's minus 26 and we're going into the track that he uh, historically rage quitted at. Yeah. So Kyle Bush fans. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like you better, you better, you know, hope for a miracle and stuff this weekend. You know, you better hope uh, a lot of the playoff driver, pretty much all the playoff drivers, you know, below the cut line, except him have some type of problem. Cause at certain oof. points of the year, people had him winning the title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I feel like at one point in the year, we all had him as like a championship favorite at one point or another. And now it's like, uh, in, the, in you know, in the words of Kyle Bush, I just don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> so I, I asked the chat this, but I, I'm going to add to the question with you guys. And Danny, I'm going to start with you. So I asked the chat, which of the bottom four makes it of third through eighth, which one, so which one makes it and who do they replace? Okay. So I, I agree with most of the chat. I think Tyler Reddick makes it. And if he's going to replace anybody, I feel like it's going to be Brad. I trust Chris Busher on a road course. Um, I trust, okay, Hamlin's fine. I trust Bell. He's won here before. I trust Truex, good on road courses, nearly won here before. Kyle Larson has won here before. Brad Keselowski, while he has had good moments on, on road courses, with just a two-point gap, I feel like Brad's the one who goes out. Yeah, it's the easy answer is Reddick gets in over Brad. Reddick's won three road courses in the next-gen era, and Brad doesn't have a top – I don't think he has a top 10 on a road course this year. Uh, so th- that's the easy pick. I, I, part, I, I was going to say I hope I'm proven wrong. I want both those guys in the playoffs because I really like, you know, I think 2311 and RFK are two of the most exciting teams right now. Um but I think it's tough. I think Reddick will replace Keselowski. That's the easiest pick. And as long as Brad, you know, is the one who, if he misses RFK, then can go full in on making sure that Busher has the best stuff for four races. Cause I, I still think, I still think RFK can get a car into the final four and it could be Busher could play out for him. Yeah, so uh, before the round of 12, I had this hot take. Oh, both 2311 cars will make the uh, round of eight. It's looking like that. I mean, like, look, only two and nine points outside the cut line, but I don't know. I feel like only one of them is going to make it now. And uh, that one guy is Tyler Reddick, but the guy I have him replacing, and hey, you know, there's an old saying, men lie, women lie, stats don't, right? Well, this guy's always had some type of trouble in the round of 12. I know he's won here before, but I'm going to say Kyle Larson. Why not? I mean, look, based off the history and stuff, why not? There's always some type of some type of stuff has always happened to him in this particular round. So like, I'm just going to base this off the history and stuff. Hey, but you know what? He'll probably, you know, go and prove me wrong and, you know, just go dominate and win the race over. Maybe I might yeah. just jinx him just now. So, uh, yeah, hey, we'll, see. we'll see. You're not wrong, though, Darian. I mean, yeah, you got to consider the equipment. He's won here before in Hendrick equipment, but in a Chip Ganassi car, he also came to the line bouncing off the walls because he was had a, such a horrible car and erected. Yeah, and look but, at last year too. Yeah, last year he was in position to advance, hit the wall, made a mistake, broke something. He was a toe link and was eliminated from the playoffs, like just mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, could happen this year too, no doubt. Yeah, so it's only plus fifteen. So yeah. so I agree with you guys that Reddick Keselowski is the logical answer. 
Uh, but I'm going to say this. We've seen craziness happen in these races. Uh, we've seen pretty much anyone make a round when we didn't think they would. I'm going to sound crazy, and I might be giving away not my win pick, but one of my picks. Do not underestimate Bubba Wallace. He's been getting better at the Roval. Each consecutive race, the last three races, has been better and better and better finish. Uh, he's finished seventh there last year. He is he is getting better at road courses, and it's, I think it's actually noticeable at this point. If you remember, most of the race, I want to say, at Indianapolis, he was running in the top 12 to 10, uh, and that was all green, so you know, strategy... Maybe didn't play as much a role, so I wouldn't wouldn't count him out. Um, but I'll say Ross Chastain just doesn't go away, man. He just does not go away. He always seems to manage in the craziest or the most improbable ways get ahead of an elimination. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does. And the guy that I am looking at right now, just because this team is not well at the moment, and they might correct it because they are a good team, Martin Truex Jr., I, I believe, still has only scored, unless my, I don't know, I have my notes here. Might have been different, uh, but I believe he has still only scored two stage points in the playoffs. Yes, two stage points in the first five races of the playoffs. Um, I don't know what it is. They cannot perform well in these races, and I would not be surprised. We've seen weirder things happen in this race. If the guy who was only plus 17 doesn't score any stage points in the first two stages, is like plus four coming into the last 10 laps, and Roval tomfoolery happens. I would not be he, surprised. He is showing how crucial that regular season success is. Yeah, yeah. he very much is. Uh, so I'm going to end the poll right now. Looking like 63% are saying they think Reddick will make it in to Chastain's 13 Kyle Busch has a 12% chance to them over Bubba's 11% chance. Yeah. You know, what's scary to me is like, just obviously he's getting better now, Bubba Wallace, but like just based off of, you know, their whole history and stuff, like, I don't know. I didn't expect Bubba Wallace to be that close to Kyle Busch in this poll, you know? So that says it all about Busch there. Uh, But that pretty much does it for talking about the cup race in the moment and, and all that. We do have a little bit more when it comes to some ratings with it. Uh, we alluded to it earlier. I am going to say uh, our trusty chat was a little bit off on this. So we did have Talladega had 2.505 million viewers on Big NBC this past week. Not good. No boy. Sucks. Very <laughs> dang oh, good. Yeah. That is down horrible. 12% from last year, which was down Ooh. double digits from the year before. I went and did the math really quick. 30% decrease in viewership at the same weekend for Talladega since 2018 in a five-year span um, and what the heck taylor swift's boyfriend didn't even play till that night and yeah oh, oh and it <laughs> oh, gets sorry. worse 13 oh. percent of the talladega viewership was the key demo no and it gets worse Ooh. when you take away instead of doing 18 to 49 you 18 to 34 it is considerably worse it is i believe it is single digits uh <sighs> not good not good yeah, that's not good Especially for Talladega, man. Like Tal, these these super speedways are supposed to be the sports bread and butter when it comes to ratings, right? Like obviously you're not gonna expect some like major increase, but Dan, there's a certain expectation. And <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the yeah, twelve percent yeah. down from last year, thirty percent compared to twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's that's a major problem, man. I and I don't know, I don't know what it is. I mean, look, it's not like it's the first time they've gone against football games. 
And, you know, I mean, I, I saw some people saying like, oh, well, didn't uh, didn't Taylor Swift's boyfriend play during the game and stuff? And it's like, no, nah, bro. It's like, nah, man. It was like, did y'all see this comment from Isaac? Uh, he say? says NASCAR needs to advertise that Josh Berry went to high school. With Taylor Swift. <laughs> hey, they're and already they're already true. uploading the, they're already uploading oh. like her old uh, video yeah. clips on. Oh, channel. and on that note, if you go to NASCAR's official YouTube channel, so yeah, they snuckily threw in a 2006 or something video of Taylor Swift saying Ash, that is like by far their most viewed video of the past several weeks. Dude, like it's not everyone even everyone is finding a way to do it at the Titans game. They pulled up an old clip of Taylor Swift and Carrie Collins. Taylor Swift was wearing a Titans helmet and uniform, like like pumping up Carrie Collins. Like anyone is finding anything they ever did to Taylor Swift all of a sudden. So I'm so tired of it. <laughs> not to have a, a much larger ratings discussion, because we do this every three or four weeks and it's really boring and repetitive at this point, in my opinion. But at what point? Like, at what point does NASCAR just say, hey, TV numbers don't really matter. We need numbers in other respects. Like, we like like attendance is up. Like, I don't know. How do, how do I say this? Like, like, are we getting to a point where maybe the primary way to consume NASCAR races will no longer be television? It'll be Twitter or social media or even YouTube for that matter. Yeah. Like, it's, cra- it's crazy to think. It's crazy to think. And this isn't, I'm not trying to sound, this isn't supposed to sound braggadocious. But, like, I did an Out of the Groove episode yesterday or two days ago that got... 60,000 views. And I don't know if my math is correct. So you said, let's see, 2.5 million viewers. Mm-hmm. What is 13% of 2.5 million viewers? How do I calculate that? We're doing that. It's 300,000? Somewhere around there. I think uh, I don't have the numbers on me, but I think it's like 334,000. And that's just viewers under the age of 50. The majority of my audience is in, the tw- is in their 20s and 30s. So you're saying that's probably in the single digits. So about 150,000 people age 20 to 30, like uh, watch that race on TV. Like half of those people watch my YouTube video, probably engaged with one of our tweets. Like at what point, like at what point do we just throw in the towel and say, shit, young people aren't watching TV. We may never get them to watch TV. And do they just like, does social media become the number one way you consume races and how can advertisers benefit from that? Or maybe you imagine trying to dive into the analytics of like a, Mr. Beast video and compare it to NASCAR. Well, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just saying my point is, is that a couple, maybe like a hundred thousand people under the age of 30 years old watched that NASCAR race, like a hundred thousand. That sounds like a big number. That's not a big number in the grand scheme of things. And I'm saying half of those people watched my YouTube video from my spare bedroom. They watched your YouTube videos. They they read our tweets. They they were on Twitter looking at Bob Pockris and Jeff Gluck's tweets and Denny Hamlin's tweets during the week. Like at the end of the day, like, a large portion of the young audience is like, is, is on social media. I, I guess I'm just like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around the fact that 87% of the people that watch Talladega are like older than our parents. <laughs> like is that, that's just crazy. That's a I, I think, staggering number. I think I see what you're, what you're kind of saying here, Eric, basically what, what you're saying is, you know, kind of us in a sense, NASCAR in a sense, it's like whatever that, uh, consistent key demographic is for that age range we've somehow found it but it feels like we're also it's hard to get past that level for, from well, all sides I, I think i think the issue too is partly at the fan base itself uh of of i mean look we talked we had that big discussion about streaming and I, I know we have viewers of varying ages in our chat but even younger viewers recoil at the thought 
of going to where people who NASCAR wants are. Because NASCAR is stuck in this crossroads, and you see it with a lot of other sports too. It's not just a NASCAR problem. But you see it so many times where they're stuck between that base who's stuck around and that new base, and there is no middle ground anymore. There's nothing. Like, at least at least before, like, I, I was reading that, that fans were kind of, you know, a little at odds with why are we doing TNT for some of the races in the early 2000s? But there's still that middle ground of, like, we all watch TV. That's not there anymore. Like, if, yeah, I think that's a good point. If you're NASCAR, you got to start, like, str- like, in the next contract, work together, maybe do it on, if NBC start a TikTok account. And a YouTube, but you have you have to have it on different platforms at all times. I, I mean, I I don't know if if you have to you know spend some Tesla dollars to to get it on on Twitter, whatever you got to do. But there but has like, to be some kind of way to get it out to yeah. that broader audience without cutting off eighty seven percent of the audience. Yeah, that, and that's all- a big part of it. It's all, but I'm also thinking like we need to completely reimagine how these races are packaged, like from everything. Like, do we need a three man booth? Do we need to cover every single lap the way we currently do? Obviously, we need to get rid of commercial breaks. That's k- turning off everybody under the age of thirty. Um, like, do we like the ticker? How like we need to co- race view should come back. I think maybe NASCAR race view is the way people will primarily want to watch NASCARs. That, that's I'm I'm thinking radical. I'm just thinking at some point if you're really my point is that we are reaching almost every single 30 and under NASCAR fan in existence. And that's kind of a scary thought because we don't have that much power or influence. And the fact that we're reaching almost everyone in that target, in that demographic right now is, is mind boggling. It tells me that at some point, maybe we should get radical with how these races are packaged. And like, what can you sell to advertisers? You're selling them TV commercials right now. You're selling them decals on the car. Like we got to think radically different than that. Sell them, Sell them something else. So I, Everything's got to go digital. I got a radical idea. Okay. Um, it's going to have a dumb name, but you'll remember it. The Coco Melon strategy. Oh. Anyone know about Coco Melon? Like why it's such a big deal for people and why parents yeah. and this and that and why like everyone is, there's so many different ideas of it. Here's why. They change the frame every four to six seconds to keep the attention of, of children. <laughs> And you see it with, with TikTok. You see it now with YouTube Shorts. You see, I, you can even look at different videos like Mr. Beast. If you watch a Mr. Beast video, the editing has it. Every couple seconds, there is something new and bright on screen, and the retention is amazing, and people get more and more invested in it. NASCAR is a fast sport. It is, it is, it, any, it, it, that is its strength. And how many static shots do we get in every race? How many times do you see that panning shot of the field coming to the line, then coming into one, coming to the backstretch, then right past you, it's fast. You got to do something different. You have to sell the speed more. These younger people love speed. I love the speed. That's how I got into it. Brake cars, lots of speed. I rewatched the 05 Daytona 500. And I was amazed how many times they, they switch cameras compared to how they do now. It's, it's insane. That, that's how you have to do it. Keep people's attention through different psychological reasons and don't just stay with what worked 10, 15 years ago. That's all I'm saying is it like, you got to be on TV for now, but look for other avenues to supplement that. But like you're saying, Jarrett, the broad, that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's literally the way we package the on-track product should change. If it's different camera angles, Formula One, I think, does a great job with quick camera angles, making every lap feel intense, feel fast. Um, if that's if it's as simple as that, let's start there. 
Um, like there's, there's no NASCAR is an older fan base. That's great. That's totally fine. That's awesome that there's so many uh, fans who've been around a long time who are still loyal to the sport. That's fantastic. But the truth is if this sport is ever going to grow or even sustain itself at the size it is now, it needs to get younger or young people need to be interested in it as well. And it's failing at that miserably. Uh, it's failed at that basically our entire lives <laughs> to be quite yeah. honest. And there's and so much, at, oh, you just gotta do something radical. I, I don't know what, here's what to, to kind of start to wrap this up. We need a Toy Story NASCAR uh, animated race. That's what we need. That's, no, but please fire. make it good, though. No, not that. No, not no that we, we, we had something like that. We had Digger, and then they tried to blame that for the reason people will stop watching NASCAR. <laughs> yes, the ratings. But, was, uh, okay. but yeah. I think the point there is that it's a different audience. Like that, that audience, that well, it's actually the same audience or staged up. Uh, but, but that audience then was di- viewed it differently than it does now. I think also the announcing, too. I thought at the end of the Talladega race, when you pumped the crowd noise in, they were changing all all of the camera angles to different ones and and really in depth ones. You had the 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 uh, announcers all in it. NBC had it right at the end. There's got to be a way to emulate that during the race and also still ramp it up at the end. Like I I don't know how you do it. That is I, I trust me. I will think of ideas, but it's above my pay grade. But I'm still gonna try. Uh, but it, it you, there's got to be those changes. It can't be the same thing. Over and over and over and over again. I mean, look at um, yep. I think it was Amazon's football coverage will offer you like different widgets. Like you press a button on your Amazon remote, and different stats will come up. Next gen stats will different things yep. to keep that viewer invested. You got to do different things like that. I don't know how with, you do it with conventional TV, but figure it out. With Monday Night Football, you can watch a traditional version of it, or you can go watch the Manning cast and get just their hot takes during it the entire game. I mean, granted. Okay, that's kind of a bad example. Dale Jr. is an announcer, but imagine in a less formal environment like Dale Jr. and who's somebody he could do a Manning cast style with? Uh, Taylor Swift's old high school friend, uh, colleague, Josh Berry. <laughs> I would like to see him and Tony Stewart in one, but I don't okay, know. Okay, that's actually that. pretty fun. You have the yeah, yeah, you have a Tony and Dale Jr. just like hot taking the entire time. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. But I wanted to make a point really quick. Uh Eric, I like what you said earlier about like next contract. They should, you know, figure out a way to where they can, you know, stream it, you know, not only broadcast it, but stream it on multiple platforms at the same time. Just thinking about the YouTube side of things. Like, let's say, like, somebody news like, watching a race or if they just, like, tune in for, like, five or ten minutes. Knowing YouTube's algorithm, after that, like, once they click off and stuff, later on, they're going to be suggested so much, you know, so much NASCAR content, too, which includes older races and our videos and stuff. So I feel like that's a that should definitely be an opportunity that they should take advantage of. But you got to have permission from the uh, television partners. So good luck, negotiators. I'll give NASCAR some credit. Their little meme video they put out to tease the schedule today was kind of funny. And they're on their YouTube channel. Um, someone shared this with me, I think on Twitter, but the um, Steve Letart and I want to say it was uh, Todd Gordon, I think, did yeah, like a Todd breakdown yeah. of uh, Kevin Harvick's penalty. And that was a real in-depth thing that like, you know, it's not kind of like you're talking about, Jared, those next level stats not integrate into the broadcast themselves, but it's extra stuff on social media that people our age are more likely to find um and it was great it was really good so they're trying it's just it's gonna it's gonna take wholesale radical changes but you know you know where we don't at least fail when it comes to getting people engaged and talking about the race our polls 
Yes, sir. And it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. So I have it up on my screen here and I have it up on my phone, but it's looking like about 15,000 voted on this poll in the last <clears throat> three days. Uh, and I asked, what did you think of the 2023 Yellowwood 500? 56% said it was great, or is that 57? It, it goes back and forth. 56 said it was great. 31 said it was good. So 87% had a net positive about this race. 9% said it was average and two apiece for below average and bad. So 4% net negative. The first comment was from Marshall Griffin. Was it positive, negative, or meme? I'm going to go with meme. I'm going to go with positive. Greatest track on planet Earth is all he left. Oh, I was wrong. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so looking at some of these comments here, Isaac says an entertaining race that didn't have to rely on big crashes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, blue, blue, uh, you're blue, uh, says <laughs> solid race, no single file train, no messy wrecks an incredible finish. Just a solid eight to nine out of 10. Uh, we have Mr. Matthias who says so proud of Harvick. He ran an outstanding super speedway race. Props to Blaney for fit, for uh, racing him clean, and congrats to him on the victory. Uh, let's see. Denny Deliver says, I don't know if it's just me, but I got major Gen 4 vibes watching this race. Certified banger. Uh, let's go a little further down here and see what we got. Uh, Eric on here, an- another Eric says, Blaney, what a finish at Talladega, part three. Uh, <laughs> we got... Uh, Silas Tipton, who says, my favorite part was when Ty Dillon was in the 54 for a few seconds. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's the first time he's done that. I've noticed it before. That's right. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Forgot about that. Uh, JJA, 1987, says best race of the year, bar none. Uh, Victor E. Lane, 77, says Brad Keselowski almost won this race. Eh, No, he didn't. Let's see. Noah's hair says Byron had to help his brother-in-law. LOL. Good race. I liked it. Not a wreck fest. And then let's get to the gutter. We'll get to the gutter and then get to the trucks. Uh, so let's see. I can read that <laughs> Lower one. than the gutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we'll, Maybe maybe we'll rename it the uh, the Crafton segment. I'm kidding. Oh, um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. I think I can read them all. All right. So Rusty's two one oh five says, "Damn, petty ass NASCAR can't even give Harvick a second. Sad. Makes me think if he even won this year, would they find any reason to revoke it? Yes, because they've always had it out for Kevin Harvick. Uh." Don says, would have been great if Harvick would have won. And Kirk T says, modern NASCAR sucks. And that is the lowest voted comment in the poll. Uh, I wonder why. Rightfully so. Thank you all for your gutter comments and your great comments alike. We appreciate them all. And uh, we'll put the poll up the rest of the year. Uh, People got mad at me because I didn't put it up in the first 15 seconds the race was over. It's like, damn, people. Yeah, I can be patient. Come on. We got lives to live, too, now. All right. Real quick, uh, let's go over this truck race. Uh, So, Brett Moffick. 
Oh, hold on one second. And that'll conclude this edition of The right. Poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show. All right, we're good. I just want to get through the truck race already. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I know, um, I know. <laughs> so Brett Moffat won in his new front row team. And I can lie, nobody cares. I, 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 it's nice and all, and I get to... <laughs> well, well, well no, one, one <laughs> no one cares. I'm sorry. I was like, hey, it was a feel-good win because okay, like, okay. I forgot, you know. Just, he, he, okay, I will ask right. this. After the hour mark after the race, did anyone at all remember anything about the truck race except for what happened 30 minutes after the truck race? No. <laughs> there were a lot of crashes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a must-win now for Zane Smith going into uh, Homestead in a month. Oh, which that hell crew of... guy, though. <laughs> that that crew month. guy. <laughs> it's sad but true. It's it's like oh, yeah, sad right. but true. Uh, yeah. But that crew guy, I will though, say, yeah, he... that, that, that crew guy, man, I don't know how he walks around with those cojones because that, that was he... a hit. <laughs> bro, his, bro, both his legs, they was like sideways in the air, and then he just lands again. Like, damn, he's... <laughs> He's superhero. They're, they're interviewing him. I'm half waiting to just hear, tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> half waiting to hear that. But I just love, ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to jump over the wall again. Let's go. Let's I thought I could it. clear it. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, that, dude, yeah. that dude seems like a vibe. I'm going to say that. Uh, but come on, let's get to the moment that we, we're yeah. all actually wanting to talk about. The Nick Sanchez, Matt Crafton fight. So I'm, I'm going to lay it out real quick here. All right, let's lay let's lay this out the way that Matt Crafton tried to lay out Nick Sanchez. Uh, so, <laughs> about to say you better make that joke. You're saying the word laid out. Dur- dur- yeah, I, even I can get that one after being at me and teed up. Uh, so after during the race, let's go during the race. Uh, there's an incident between the two in the 88 that causes a big crash. Now I'm not gonna be too biased, but I'm totally gonna be too biased and say. <laughs> I think it was Matt Crafton's fault, personally. I think he made a late move. I know that he'll probably wait behind a couple tires for the next truck race I go to for saying that, if that's what happened. Again, we're going to talk a bit about that. But, um, but but it causes a big kerfuffle. He parks it in the two-pit stall and gets out, which very Kyle Bush move of him. Uh, even though I don't even think Kyle would, in his worst would, would really go that far. And this is where it gets muddy. Race ends. Nick Sanchez, from all accounts, is walking back into the garage. And now now Sanchez says he got tapped on the back, turned around, and got a fist to the face, a knuckle sandwich uh, for his efforts. And Matt Crafton basically said, well, he sucker punched me on track. That That's kind of the, the vibe I got from his... Um, I won't even call it an apology. I'll call it like an explanation. He's a weird friend. Uh, but he kind of was like, well, he sucker punched me at 200 miles per hour, which after like three paragraphs of saying I didn't sucker punch him, but he sucker punched me. And that's why this happened. Uh, and a, a nice little scuffle started up in the garage uh, with a bloodied up Nick Sanchez, who, and I will censor it myself on this one, but I have the full Quote here, I'm going to bleeping kill you at Homestead. You bleeped with the wrong guy, Mother Bleeper. Uh, <laughs> the YouTube overlords I do not want to test. Uh, I think that's that's the only reason he got fined. Yeah. Mother Bleeper is such a funny word to <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Like, I hope that I hope like we can have more cussing so I can make that meme a thing. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you guys on this one. 
I want to believe one side or the other, but the way I see it, there's always that it's the middle ground every time. Like Nick Sanchez is not going to say, I got the absolute living hell beat out of me. And Matt Crafton is not going to say, well, I totally sucker punched him and tried to kill the kid. I feel like there's a middle ground and I guarantee nobody is going to want to hear about it, but that's, that's my side of it. I want you all to run wild with this one. Whoever wants to jump at it, go Uh for it. Let me go first, because I was the loudest about this on Twitter afterwards about it. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Now, now, (laughs) let's get to it first. Obviously, the whole fight and stuff that happened. At first, I was like, damn, like, like you're going to say you're going to do what to somebody at Homestead, which is in a month, by the way. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out again, Eric. We've got to wait a whole month for that now. But yeah, so like at first I was like, damn, all this like, I mean, like it because obviously his his face was bloody. But my first thought was, oh, OK, they just got into a fight. Maybe he got mad. He got beat up and stuff and started, you know, talking crazy. But then he started saying some stuff and then his mom started saying some stuff, too. And of course, his mom's going to you know back her son and stuff like that. But I don't know, just the way the video looked and stuff. I was like, damn, like I thought it was a crew member at first. And then it turned out to be crafting. And, you know, if it was true that he uh he uh chief shot at him and stuff um you know personally i would have wanted him suspended but here's the problem though with this whole boys have at it stuff there's no specific rule on like how you do it right so like hey boys have at it and stuff that could be shoving fighting and stuff it doesn't say anything about you know if it was true cheap shotting so you know i feel like that's the i feel like that's the main reason Crafting didn't get suspended for that but also that statement he put out that didn't help his case like oh well he sucker punched me on the track it's like dude if you're being accused of sucker punching don't mention don't mention don't put the word in your little you know in your little statement and stuff you know so got to run that by the uh pr lady or the pr lady needs to read that a little bit better but anyways um so yeah look i i feel like yeah at this point now i'm sort of where jared's at now you know like i'm pretty sure nascar did their homework and they were like, okay, we can't really, you know, it's one side saying this, one side saying that. Because if they did, then there obviously would have been more punishment. But you know what? At the end of the day, find them both, move on, and uh, just mark your calendars for uh, for Homestead. What's everyone laughing at? I'm laughing at Phoebe's super chat saying that the cameras missed Norm Benning swooping down, beating both of them up, proving that he's Batman. <laughs> um, very funny. Very funny. Always got to find a Norm well, Benning all the yeah. time. Eric, what do you what do you think? <laughs> I I don't know. So I disagree. I don't know what Darian just said. He said something I disagreed with. Uh, something about oh how if Crafton how the the punishment would have been more severe. Twenty five thousand dollar fine for fighting someone. We haven't seen that in years. Like they don't. Kyle Bush socked Logano in the face and got no penalty. You know, like mm. so the fact that there was a twenty five thousand dollar fine for Crafton uh, tells me he probably did sucker punch. Uh, Sanchez, maybe not quite to the degree that Sanchez and Sanchez's mother made it out to sound, but it sounds like it was more than likely a very cheap shot. And it was also premeditated because Crafton was in street clothes. He'd had like an hour almost to think about it and still chose that course of action, wanted to get physical, wanted to take a shot at Sanchez. Um, Sanchez got a $5,000 fine. That's probably for the yelling. I'm going to effing kill you. Heat of the moment. I don't make too much of it. Some people really didn't like it. It's not a good look, no no doubt about it. That's probably why you got the small fine. Um, but, I mean, I've never been punched in the face. But if I mm. did get punched in the face, I don't know what I would say. Like, So I, I can't hold yeah. that against him too bad. Um, going back to the on-track incident, I don't know that I, – I can't put that all on Crafton. Crafton's following the trucks in front of him. He does leave 
a very tight lane for Sanchez and Sanchez it's late in the race. He fills it. That's his prerogative, but it is an aggressive move. I think 10 years ago, the, you know, looking at NASCAR, looking at the truck series 10 years ago, the guy in Sanchez's position probably doesn't try to take that space because he knows Crafton's probably going to come back down. That's not really a new line forming. It's kind of a half line that you're forcing your way into, you know, 10 years ago, Sanchez in that position probably doesn't make that move, but modern NASCAR, you do make that move. Crafton probably wasn't ready for it. So, you know, the instant, I think it's 50-50. I don't think it justified Crafton going onto pit road, parking in front of his stall, and then waiting an hour to beat up or confront Sanchez. Like I, I think his reaction, regardless of if there's a sucker punch or not, um, was over-exaggerated. I don't think was was just. Um, if he did, in fact, sucker punch Sanchez the way Sanchez alleges, then uh, the $25,000 fine is good. I would have honestly even gone further because I do think you need to draw a line at some point. Like I'm okay with squaring up, fighting, shoving, yelling. um, If both guys are fully engaged and both Crafton and Sanchez, they're adults. I know some people were like Crafton's twice his age. Yeah. It's a weird look, but Nick Sanchez is a physically fit 22-year-old. Bro, if anything, yeah. he should win that fight. You know what I, I, mean? like, I was just about to say. I was just uh, about to say, bro. They were saying, like, oh, he's a 22-year-old kid. Like, no, once you turn 18, you're grown. So grown. You're 22. <laughs> you're racing on national TV. You're an adult. You can take care of yourself. Yeah. That, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I don't know where I was going with it. Um, I'm okay with fights. My point is if it's a fair fight, fights are fine. But if it truly was a cheap shot, the way Sanchez made it out to sound, you can't have that, especially because it broke Sanchez's nose. It appeared like that, that that's just ugly. That's not a good look. I mean, that's, you'd be arrested if you did that on the street or anywhere else. Like you'd be in jail. Assault. <laughs> Assault. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's like NASCAR can't allow that to stand. If in fact it was a cheap shot and the fact that they find him $25,000 again, they didn't find Austin Hill for blasting Myatt Snyder, laying him out on his back last year. Um, so that tells me whatever Crafton did, whatever NASCAR found, Crafton crossed the line. Well, and quick question. Do y'all think that was the, the whole Austin thing? Was that a cheap shot or whatever? I don't know. No, like he, he was, was standing right in front of us. Yeah. That's what I'm that. saying. And, and yeah, yeah. And also too, Austin kept telling him like, bro, get out of my face, get out of my face. And like, once you see a bald fist, like, my and and if you can't defend yourself, yeah, get out the way. <laughs> what do you think, Danny? Uh, I'm I'm kind of like Eric a little bit. I think Sanchez was only fine because of what he said. I told these guys I was driving to Knoxville. Claudia let me listen to the clip while I was driving, and I was like, you know, I see. I think I see what he's saying. He's probably saying I'm going to wreck you at Homestead, but it came out saying I'm going to off to you at homestead <laughs> and he said it not just once but like two or three times and yeah you can't have a driver going around and say i'm going to off you at the next race um what and yeah i, I think I, I see why they didn't uh i see why they didn't probably suspend the driver's leader because they do have so much time in between and you would hope these guys can be adults and work this out before the next race so the, 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 I will say that the Sanchez part, this is where I think I disagree with a lot of people. You know, I, everyone is making a lot of things like this. That he's a grown ass man. And if you're, I think if you're a grown ass man, you need to to respond better than like a five-year-old would in that situation. Like that, I, I think it's, it's immature with your big sponsor's name across your chest that you're bringing into the sport. Uh, I didn't like that one going off. And I know, yes, heat of the moment, but still, you know, you're still representing a multi-million, billion, whatever dollar sponsor. 
I think that definitely is something that needs to be addressed probably behind closed doors more than anything is because it is, it is still heat of the moment. Yes. But is not something I think we've heard anyone else, even during a fight in person say, we've heard you hit me under Yella when someone's getting the hell beat out of him. We're going to go back to that one. Uh, but at the same time, again, Crafton, if you're, you know, if you're that age and, and with that status in the garage, I, I think a better example should be put out. Um, you know, I, I hate it. I hate listening to all these people being like, well, you know, in our, in our rough and tough generation, I think we don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, we oh. all would fight like that. You know, we oh would my, like, no, oh my no, God. that, that just, just, yes, you outweigh the guy you, 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 you win in every statistical category, except probably like physical shape. Uh, you, which matters, but not in this instance when you're mm. basically punching a guy who has n- no defenses whatsoever. Like, find him like a man. That's what I'll say. Find yeah. him like a man. Yeah, Just, only Matt, only sorry SOBs is cheap shot. That's all. Matt Crafton, look at the biggest logo on your truck and ask yourself, what would Paul do? Paul Menard would just go back to his holler. That's all he'd do. <laughs> he'd sternly look at him. Yeah, he would just look at Honestly, Paul Menard probably wouldn't have cared. Anyway. He'd, he'd grow a soul patch in his anger. Yeah. You usually, get a, you usually get you know an emotionless you know face anyways. Yeah. Uh, you would get a, a, a scowl. From no, he, no, he would. He would try and he would try and mentally mess you up by smiling at you. Because <laughs> you'd be like, why, why, why is Paul smiling at me? <laughs> Paul never smiles. I I didn't know he could do that, uh, but that's my but thoughts really, on it. Oh, but, oh, but really quick, shout out to Corey Roper for like yes. helping break it up. <laughs> he, did, yeah. he was right place, right time, I guess. And uh, props <laughs> to the guys. I think it was Front Stretch. It actually went and talked to him about that because that could have been swept under yeah. the rug that he was doing that. Yeah, but yeah, tip of, tip of the hat to Corey on that one. I like that. But uh, we finally got through Talladega. I swear, like I, I did not mean to lead us on a huge tangent. I mean, it's, one of, the biggest, it's one of the biggest races of the year. So. And a lot happened, too. Not according to the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> Walked into that So one. what did we do with the 2024 schedule? We raced another week against everything in football. <sighs> uh, but before we get to lightning round everything else, we do have the first Super Chat stage break. Uh, so let's get to a lot of these uh, really quickly. Someone just start timing me, and we'll go from there. So, Nas Carson, 2414. I said it right this time. Uh, for five, hey, NWP guys, are you going to Iowa or Indy in 2024? I'm so excited that so many races are near Wisconsin next summer. Can't wait till it comes. Uh, probably TBA. I'm going to try to go to Iowa. I'd say TBA for now. Uh, I'm, try to to see. I'm penciling that one in for now. Isaac for uh, two. Says it's official. SHR are the Guangdong Tigers of NASCAR. <laughs> yep. Hey, facts. Facts only. Uh, Ross Crashstain for five says, "What's the difference between my Bowman shirt and Alex Bowman himself? My dryer works, so the shirt isn't hung out to dry." Oh, great <laughs> one. Great one. Uh, Nicholas, thank you for becoming a new member to the Iceberg. Uh, NASCAR racing fan 927 left two five dollar super chats. First one says the schedule is messy. Daytona, Atlanta, back to back to start. Bristol in March, Sonoma in June. Still two super speedways in the playoffs. Three in a month and a half. Uh, and then continues that with, what tracks would you like to see on the Cup schedule next? My top five are Rockingham, Chicagoland, Road America, Montreal, and Milwaukee. Well, I think we all know mine is Chicagoland. 
I'd go like Road America, Montreal. I'd like some more ovals, maybe Chicago land, but it's just tough for that to exist with the street course. If the street course goes away, then for sure Chicago land should be in there. Yeah, Chicago land, definitely. Yeah, Chicago land for sure. Woohoo! You're all on my hype train. Let's go. Uh, hype train to 2025. Uh, Hunter Nixon fishing uh, for the 10 as a Harvick fan at the race Sunday. Ooh. Uh, I felt like Corey Taylor, Iowa, the level I was yelling, uh, literally yelling for Harvick to pull it off. Still a sad Harvick fan. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, thank you for being a member for 27 months. Three quarters of 2023 is done. One quarter to go. Time flies. True that. It really does. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> video game sports for two. Did Jared steal Joey Logano's glasses? Well, <laughs> but it's a good look it looks looks sharp looks very yeah. sophisticated under this hat i have more natural hair though uh, <laughs> sir i need to hear you say the words short track racing it's a short track racing and yeah, yeah. uh, shorty pgam says for five screamed and cried and died ryan freaking blaney uh plus burnout with a bunch of questions which i love the quote he had 22nd B-Day was great after. Twin Sis got me two Bubba Funko Pops. Flawless. Oh, nice. 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 Uh, Yeah, that's right. Uh, Blaney had said that Dale Inman told him that the jockey who wins the Kentucky Derby doesn't get out of the car and beat the shit out of the racehorse. That was a great quote. I love it. That was a good quote. I ended up having a good reply to Denny Delivers because he said, well, why did he do one today? And I said, he's mad at today's horse. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Agent Boy Band says for two, in my opinion, the 24 schedule changes sucks. We'll talk about that soon. Speedway Anywhere for five, about freaking time. Cup race within four-hour drive of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Childress even said it over the PA when I was there. Mm. Uh Let's see. I'll read three more here. Isaac for two says, I wish Kenseth won the 2020 Brickyard 400. I think Eric said Eric, the same thing in the chat. Yeah, Eric does too. Me uh, <laughs> too. CBB for five says, Harvick and Bowman both missed out on wins this year due to broken backs. Bowman's broken his sprint car racing. Harvick's by carrying SHR all I by figured himself. that's where that was going. Wow. Mike Manning for five. This will be the last one we'll read here. Dover's date should be swapped with either Gateways or Sonoma's. I live in Maryland and can say that the Mid-Atlantic region is notorious for rain in late April. Ooh. We will talk about the schedule, I promise. But there is one other thing we must talk about before the schedule. Yes, sir. It is time for the lightning round, the famous lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jarrett, what do we have on the list this evening? First off, looks like Danny was the one that got struck this week. So (laughs) my condolences, Danny. Um, Now, real quick for the Spotify audience, I apologize. Spotify wouldn't let me put up a poll this week. I don't know why. So we do not have a poll from the Spotify crowd this week. As soon as it lets me do it again, I will put it up. Yeah, they're um, hating on us. I don't know why, but <laughs> let's see. That one was put in before the schedule. Can't read that. <laughs> um, okay, here's one I saw. Uh, shout out to the Shrimp Hours crew for this one. 
They pointed this out, and I went back, and it's crazy to look at. But if you look at the Xfinity cars, the numbers have slowly through the season been moved forwards for sponsor space, and no one has really noticed. It's almost like NASCAR should have done this all along. Ah, interesting. (laughs) Shout out to the guys at Shrimp Bowers. That was a really cool catch on their part. Now I'm literally going to go look at, like, beginning of the season versus now. I got to see. It's it's just minuscule on some, especially (laughs) in some of the, like, mid to back the pack cars. But like you can't miss it once you see it. Okay. Uh, Am Racing is making a major announcement. Did they make that announcement today or not yet? Uh, I didn't Tom- hear. I didn't tomorrow. see anything. Okay, tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, yeah. so they're making it tomorrow. Uh, the initial reports for Wednesday, now for Thursday. Uh, Harrison Burton will return to the Wood Brothers for another year in 2024. Uh, Carson Hosevar. Uh, we'll be in the 42 the rest of the season past the Roval, and I'm betting money Danny put this one in. WWE superstar Liv Morgan will give the command to start engines at the Roval. And yes! Kurt Bush, Darian's girl right there. Yes! Kurt Busch will wave the green flag. In that. That's the one I'm, I'm excited about. But, uh, but short lightning round. Short lightning yeah. round this week. Flash yep. flood. Yep, Liv Morgan is one of the few girls I will simp for. And that'll conclude this edition of the Famous Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. What's so funny, Danny? <laughs> Nothing. He's just, he's just laughing at the responses to what we're going to yeah. talk about next. Oh. So, guys, I, I think you guys said you guys all have the images for the schedules ready to go. Mm-hmm. Let's look at these things. So I got all three of the the schedules ready to go in here. If I can find them, I I lose so much stuff in here. Here we go. So let's start out with the cup schedule. Uh this is what we got. Yes, we have graphics in the second half of the show outside of just the brace preview. How about that? Nice. Uh, so looking right now at the schedule starting out, the first big change I think we can talk about is Atlanta is the second straight super speedway race to start the season. Uh, I know how we're going to feel about that, but I'm still going to ask. Well, well, I'm curious. How do you feel about this, Jared? Oh. Because I, I, from a, from a fan perspective, I like how now all the super speedway races are sort of spaced out evenly between each other. I think that's nice. Um, but from a TV perspective, the Daytona 500 gets your biggest ratings, your biggest viewership. You hook those casual fans in, you know, for week one, Mo- a lot of them turn in for week two, typically, and now you're going to give them, you know, kind of more of what they came for. Like Atlanta is going to be just as action packed. It's going to look like Daytona, but with, you know, another big packed crowd, like, like from a ratings perspective, you might actually get some of those fans to stick around longer at the beginning of the year than you do currently. So I wonder like, what's your, what's your take on it? So the racing fan in me hates this, like just absolutely hates it because I hate getting all of these super speedways and we, we can look at it at the rest of the schedule here. They're all clumped together. I mean, they're just all clumped together oh, in yeah. different parts. Yeah. I hate that. The ratings part of me, I, I have a feeling that start of next year will be better than this year. I just don't know how long that's going to last with how the schedule is laid out because of some changes we'll have after that. So ratings wise probably will be a hit. Uh, but fan wise, God, I, I don't like it to start the year out. Uh, but it'll definitely make the points battles more interesting going into the seat, like later into the season. So I'll say that part. All right, so I get, I don't want to like, you know, kind of half and half this part of the schedule, like, and say half of it, I hate half. I like, but at the moment, that's kind of how I feel about the first part of it. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. When I first heard it, I was like, okay, when you really think about it, 
and, and Eric, you basically took took my main point away. And oh, I'm sorry. And yeah, I well, no, no, no. I mean, like, hey, you're right. You're just speaking facts, man. You're absolutely right. So, um, you know, I think it'll be, you know, obviously it'll be great, you know, for the sport to be exposed to like, you know, newer people and stuff. Because, like Eric said, you know, some of the people will watch the next week, and you know, this is what they're gonna, you know, expect, and they're gonna, you know, NASCAR is gonna give it to them. So. Um, it's going to be really cold though. I mean, it was really cold in March, but I mean, like everyone, like when it was where it was on the schedule, but it's going to be even colder now. Um, but hey, look, NASCAR has been going down this entertainment route, entertainment over, you know, whatever for a while now. So like, while I didn't really like it at first, I do understand to an extent why they're putting it on there, but overall, it doesn't really surprise me that there's two super speedways to open up the season. Atlanta can be hit or miss. And my, my wife pointed this out to me. Yeah, this past year was honestly one of the coldest races I had ever been to in my entire life. Um, Darian knows he was there with us. Mm. But also back in 2018, the first time we ever went to Atlanta Motor Speedway, we were there in a just a hoodie and shorts because it was actually pretty warm. And that race was in February. It was actually the second race of the year back then. And so I don't know. Weather-wise, it's a big risk. There's a chance it could be warm. There's a chance it could be cold down there in Atlanta. So just have to kind of see what happens on that one. But from the team perspective, you know that they hate knowing that basically I'm like, there's a chance I could probably go crash something at the Coliseum. Uh, I could maybe crash something at the duel. I could crash mm -hmm. something at the Daytona 500. I could crash something at Atlanta. You know, there's so many races right at the back where they're thinking, Get a bunch of cars built because we could very well crash. And like Jared said, uh, there are so many runs of super speedways clumped together. We have two right off the back. And then later in the year, I counted a run where there's like three super speedways within seven races. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to go off your point about weather because you brought this up about the first Bristol race. That is race five on March 17th. And I'm going to kind of clump these two points together. Richmond, a Sunday night Richmond race, is Easter's race this year. Uh, I personally think they should have kept it at Bristol if they're going to have, you know, it be at the start of the year. I feel like the, I, I, you're going to be stuck in that range where it rains in Tennessee this time of year so bad. Yeah. You might yeah. as well go for the big ratings win with Concrete Bristol, even if it doesn't look great, because I, I don't personally think it's going to look all that great on tv for a richmond race either you might as well go for the bristol name that that's it, at least what i think on it do you think it's because they just didn't want to bristol night races uh, i probably hmm. that could yeah be i think so. yeah that could I, be yeah. i just you know we can give our full thoughts in a moment um but i want to see if you guys agree i just feel like the schedule just got hodgepodge together last minute we talked about it for the show and i think we kind of have the same sentiment here it it really feels like they just Montreal probably fell through. I have a feeling uh, maybe one or two more dates that they wanted maybe around or having to do with, or even not even having to do with Montreal. I feel like some, a couple things had to grow. I don't see how one race falling through screwed up the schedule as bad as I think a lot of us are seeing it like, as. Well, it was also like auto club being gone this year for mm -hmm. good that that complicates it a little as well. And, you know, they probably don't want to keep spending the money for Bristol dirt. So bringing normal Bristol back, but now you've got North Wilkesboro in your back pocket. Like, 
I think they both, I think they just have more options this year than ever before. And like, they couldn't decide what to do with Indy for the longest time. All right, we're going back to the oval. Couldn't decide uh, what to do with Charlotte. They're apparently opting to stick with the Roval for another year. I just, you know, the clash of the Coliseum, was that even going to be back? That wasn't confirmed until a few weeks ago. So it's like, they just have, there were a lot of things I think, but Montreal was probably the biggest one um, because NASCAR really wants that international expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to build off the momentum of garage 56 of the Chicago street race and Montreal would have been the perfect way to do it. And they just couldn't get a deal done. And so then, yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. Iowa, I think was thrown in there. I hate to say haphazardly because it's going to be a great event, I believe. And it's genius that they're making it work the way they are, but it was thrown together last minute because it was a NASCAR on track in an untapped market. So it was kind of just like, Oh yeah, pencil that in. Think of, think of this though. What was, what was there that could have been easily done because they're owned by the same people swap Atlanta and Sonoma. Sonoma would have been perfect to be in the West Coast swing. That's what I wanted. Now there's only two races in the West Coast swing. You could have still stuck it out there, got the, Finally, green hills of Sonoma, and then Atlanta would fall in perfect because then that would go Darlington, North Wilkesboro, Charlotte, Gateway, and Atlanta. So bunch of races kind of yeah. in the southeast. And I mean, if you put Sonoma like in the West Coast swing area, um, you know, obviously there'd be some like some type of risk with the weather and stuff because obviously, you know, for it to be green, it has to rain a lot, right? And stuff. Cool. So, um, and the weather has to be either good or it's raining a lot. Cool. So there'd be a risk there. But I mean, you already have Bristol in March. So I don't know. And I figured, you know, why not just put it there, you know? Well, and even if you didn't do that for ratings, like and all that, still switching the dates around, like that second date was an, a, a, uh, isc date and now is an smi date and they switched around well now you have atlanta all the way in the start of september why not put atlanta as your big race on father's day that they're having iowa at if you wanted it to just solely for ratings and go to daytona road course which has had routinely some of the biggest viewership on all of tv not only for road courses but just for all tracks yeah, yes, I get it would take long, but you could bill it as speed weeks. It'd be a you know a, a under the knife kind of version of speed weeks. But I, I, I don't know. I th- this part of the schedule to start and if, then even that middle. I just yeah. If I could make any changes to this first half here, I would say the Atlanta spring date make that Sonoma, the Bristol spring date try Atlanta there. I would want Bristol where Gateway is, and I would move Gateway down a week to where Sonoma currently is. That's that. that if I could change, it's literally only four weekends I'm rotating around. You know, surprisingly, the biggest part that irks me about the first half of the schedule, it's not the two super speedway races in a row. And surprisingly, it's not even Bristol still being in March or Sonoma not being in the uh, in the West Coast swing. It's just the fact that your Easter race, your Easter day race is Richmond, like just of all the tracks of all the options you probably that you maybe could have chose um that uh you could have cho- uh, chose from you chose richmond and and richmond's not like a terrible track but geez like like but, when was the last memorable like race that's happened there you know maybe they're thinking of it like this hey what can you do on easter night there's yeah. Richmond. Yeah. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Richmond does get a ratings increase just based off of the what, what else are you going to do? What, what is there to complain about? It's the only, yeah. only thing on. Well, so, yeah. we, so we got this part of the schedule. The first half, for the most part, we talked about Texas already. Uh, we talked about really Iowa already. This is one change I'll say I like. It's a minor change, 
It's only a few weeks, but weather-wise, it works out better. New Hampshire to June 23rd, putting New Hampshire back in June instead of July. I yeah. was looking at some of the trends, and trending-wise, <laughs> going Larry Mack, based on the trends, statistically, it is more likely to rain in July than in late June for New Hampshire. <laughs> Maybe you won't get that monsoon I was in. So, yeah, that's (laughs) – knock on wood, I want to say I do like that, and I do think that New Hampshire is not as bad a track as many like to say it is. No, no, Uh, it's not that bad. So I think it it fits in pretty well between kind of Iowa and Nashville. There's going to be a lot of driving for the teams. You got Nashville uh, moving back into the afternoon. Now, they they announced it in the afternoon last year before nighttime, so maybe they'll change it. I'm hoping uh... that's the case. (laughs) You got Chicago. Well, even further into June, it stays. Uh, it stays. It gets darker way later than I think. Yeah. Okay. But but so you got Nashville into Chicago Street to NBC races. Pocono, which is past year, I believe had two point eight million viewers and was like really really well watched on USA. Good move there into the Brickyard. You got the Olympic break for two weeks. We've talked about that. Go to Richmond, Michigan. Now, the next big change, and I think this is just a circumstance of of uh, dates, is Daytona is no longer the regular season finale, but instead the penultimate race of the regular season. I, you know, you know, you know what? I'm just gonna say this. I I don't like coming back from the Olympic break with Richmond for the same reason that I didn't, you know, not feeling mm. crazy about it for Easter. And I'm thinking, hey, if Daytona is not your last race of the year. Why are we not coming back and saying, here's Daytona, yeah! Well, you know was, what? Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go so ahead. I was thinking, so my my big change in the middle of sec- section of the schedule would have been to swap that Richmond and Indianapolis so that you'd have the two weeks where all of America is watching NBC to watch the Olympics. They could promote the return of the Brickyard. The average person recognizes Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They'll recognize NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the return. It's an anniversary you could really mark that as your big event back from the Olympic break but, instead. Yeah. You open with the, you, you do Indian, then the Olympics that just, you're not taking advantage of that two week Olympic. Vice versa, it Richmond feels like Indy is going to get distracted and say, watch the Olympics on NBC. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the brickyard becomes a vehicle for the Olympics rather than the Olympics becoming a, you know, opportunity for the brickyard, which maybe that's what NBC wants, but it's not what I want. So not yeah. bad. Yeah. It's <laughs> same. And that this is going to be the issue, especially if NBC comes back, is every, every four years you're basically just going to be used as a tool for the Olympics or moved around for it. And that's, again, it, it, I hate that because I, I believe that IndyCar has the same thing. And I want to say F1 has a break around it. So basically all major motorsports, like the three major motorsports in America, plus probably some other entities too, a lot of motorsports just goes – on a complete halt, any momentum you have is halted for two weeks. <sighs> it, it's rough, but Darlington, the Southern 500, goes from being well, it's just the playoff 500 to well, it's just the playoff cut line 500. Uh, September 1st, uh, which I believe next year the race will be in August because September 1st will be Labor Day. Uh, hey, interesting. Not being in the playoffs, can that be a throwback race again? What? I wouldn't mind it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. But yeah, they probably don't well, want it to be for new viewers. No, just May 12th should be the throwback race because otherwise there's mm. no point having two darn Oh, Oh, yeah, and also, too, yeah, it's the regular season finale. I just realized that. So I remember that again. We got that. And then the last big change, because the last seven races are the same. The last major change we have to the schedule 
is these first I'd say okay, so the last six races I want to say didn't change. We got the first round and then the first race of round of twelve, because I believe Kansas at the moment is in the first round. So we got Atlanta leading off the playoff super speedway, Watkins Glen road course, and then Bristol night race, then leading into Kansas round of twelve. Mm-hmm. So the wild round. Yeah. I, you know, I, I said my piece a while ago about the two super speeds. I'm going to say the Watkins Glen one is the one I don't like because you have something, you had a gr- you have a great weekend right now with Watkins Glen, how it's set up as it is. You have no other competition around it locally or really on TV. The racing's good for the most part. If you can bring in eyes, they will watch Watkins Glen and how you move it to, I believe if not week one, week two of the football season, in a very saturated New York market, and I I don't like messing with things that I don't think are broken. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I do think it being a playoff race will you know, the hardcore fan will be interested. Like, oh, you know, we we've, we've been going to Watkins Glen forever, but now it is in the playoffs. It's interesting. I don't know that it'll hurt it too bad, but I do agree with your premise. It's it works. It sells tickets. People are interested in Watkins Glen. They look forward to Watkins Glen. To move it out of its typical month is a risk. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's one thing that's one thing and yeah and you made a great point about that i'm going to talk about the super speedway now if you want to put two super speedways in the playoffs okay you know what nascar going doing the whole entertainment thing all right be my guest go for it but i don't know like atlanta opening the playoffs like dude if you're gonna do if you're gonna go all the way entertainment wise why not do daytona just do it let's do daytona let's open up the let's open up the playoffs with daytona man like you know, like if you're gonna have two super speedways, why not just why not just put Daytona in there? You know, it's like it's well known, it's well known outside of motorsports. You know, you can advertise like, hey, the NASCAR playoffs are opening uh, are opening at Daytona, not the regular season finale. That that seems like a missed opportunity to me. But yeah, to your early um, to your earlier point though, while Watkins Glen, you know, it does sound intriguing. On wait, what is what is that? I don't know what he's doing. Finish your point, Darian. What is that? I don't know what that means. I don't know. Finish your point. I'll say what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So basically like in conclusion, like, yeah, Watkins Glen does seem like, uh, you know, like it would work out in the playoffs, but yeah, it's also very, it's also very, uh, very risky indeed. All right. What were you talking about, Danny? I just started counting things up and I'm holding seven fingers up. The reason I'm holding seven fingers up is because that is exactly how many tracks during in the playoffs, the NASCAR's most popular driver has won at in the past. Oh. Are you saying, so you're saying Atlanta's in there because of Chase Elliott? Reckless no, speculation. No, I'm, saying, I'm saying if you get Chase Elliott in his prime, this whole playoff run is 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 good for him. Damn, NASCAR setting it up. Like, Chase, boy, <laughs> hey, come back season next hey, year. Hey, I, if he wins the championship, don't be shot. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's interesting. So think, think of this. He, he has won Atlanta, won Hawkins yeah. Land, nearly won Bristol. He's won Kansas before. He's won Tildeck. He's won the Roval. He's won at Martinsville. He's won at Phoenix. Hey, NASCAR, they're setting up the script. They're like, hey, Chase, look, you were out this year, but hey, we're going to, we got you next year, though. Don't yeah, worry. He's got, got but you. he's got to make it first. You know, that's, <laughs> they're going to make, oh, he'll make it. He'll make it. No problem. He'll make it. <laughs> I hope. But <laughs> it is interesting, though. That really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just sitting here and I was like, I was like, oh my God, they got see, seven, seven tracks. He's won it before. Like seven, whenever, eight. Whenever I see seven <laughs> fingers, whenever I see seven fingers up, I always think of that movie, The Seven Deadly Sins or whatever. That is the craziest movie. I, just, I was just impressed. And, and like, really, if this... you want to count his all-star race, he has one of eight of these tracks. Oh, just, there you go. 
<laughs> eight. <laughs> that was a great setup, though. I like that. Yeah, that, that I was, was great. I think all of us yeah, held like, that. Health? held it there for a long time the chat was yeah. even going like what is he doing see, i was like no. i was like there you just finished your point already well, no. see at first i thought it was like oh is he keeping a counter on me am i going too long like i thought we fixed that <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's the cup schedule the only other real major change though kind of going back on track here is uh phoenix will be november 10th that's a championship race i really I, if they're gonna have richmond in there I think the original plan they talked about was having Richmond right before the Olympic break. I would just do the doubleheader, bite the bullet, keep keep that season compacted, longer off season, so the teams can have another week to complain about not getting weeks off. Um, I knew you were going to say. <laughs> just go with oh that. Uh, so that's the Cubs right. schedule, guys. Is there anything else we have to say about the Cubs schedule? Is there? Anyone else who is Danny? I want you to. I want to ask you: Is there anyone else who has wanted a lot of these playoff drags? Like, how many has Kyle Larson won at? I mean, yeah, uh, we could really go through this. I, that's just immediately popped to my mind. NASCAR, NASCAR's most popular driver is really good for this whole run. Yeah. <laughs> what's the but? What's that mean? How many tracks he's won? For uh, four, actually, almost five hundred live viewers that we have. Oh, need to lick that like button. Oh, nice, I like that. I lick like the that. like button. But yeah, look, NASCAR schedule is out. I do feel like, to some extent, you know, like there were like some tracks that fell out last minute and stuff. So like they kind of sort of scrambled something together and stuff. Not all the way, but for some of the tracks, hey, I don't know. It feels that way. It well, feels that way. To we me, do. But. We do have. We'll we'll go through this part more quickly because it really follows the cup schedule, and I don't think being redundant is too fun on this. But we'll, really quick look at Xfinity and trucks. The Xfinity schedule largely mirrors the cup schedule. We're going back to Portland again. Um, Iowa, they're jumping up with. Is there really anything that jumps out at any of you for? And purple and black. That was not a good choice when it. I know it's the colors, but that was not a good choice when it came to a graphic. Um, really uh, i think looking, it looks good i'm looking at it from a distance on my phone and it takes me a minute to see like how it looks on there but there's oh okay. there's talladega no... playoff race is kind of fun yes yeah, that's yes big that's one. great and, yes well and something I, I did notice about it, it about the schedule is i believe there's one both talladega races are on big fox and nbc so there's one two three let's see four i think four Five, six races on big Fox or NBC for Xfinity. So for you Xfinity fans, ending out the year, uh, the final year on non-CW channels, you will be able to watch your races. Mm-hmm. And also um, Iowa. Iowa's back. Well, yeah, but that's back with the cup schedule too. Yeah, yeah. And then we oh. have the truck schedule really quick, which I believe this one has one or two races on Big Fox. No, there's just one this year. Uh, are the races more compacted or are they separated by two, three months? By uh, <laughs> looking at that right now, and it's looking like there is a month between the, oh. the, the Indy Lucas Oil race and the regular season finale, but that kind of mirrors the Olympic break. Okay. All right. Um, that ain't bad, outside of that, it's, I mean, there's a month between gateway and Nashville, uh, but that mm. was about how it normally was. I do think they probably could add Iowa if they wanted to, but it's not yeah. as, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. Okay. They're getting a little better. And then Darian, do you have the IndyCar schedule? How does Milwaukee mile line up with IndyCar? Is it the next uh, week or the week before? I, can... I think it's the week before. I can pull it up really quick. Uh, IndyCar 2024. I believe schedule. it's the week before. 
but it's a Sunday. All right. And the only thing I think I've noticed that a lot of people might not have pointed out is there's no mid Ohio. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. let's see, scrolling all the way down. So the Milwaukee weekend, it's a doubleheader. So August 31st and September 1st. And then August 25th is the truck series playoff opener at Milwaukee on a Sunday, just like they did this past year. So yeah, that's a decent lead in. Yeah. Not too many major changes whatsoever. Um, Ross Crash Dane brings up a good point about the cup schedule. Regular season finale on USA Network instead of a big NBC. So, Oh, yeah. And it's the Southern 500. Come on. Yeah. The new contract, I hope they elevate that race because the crowd and atmosphere seems to fit a crown jewel. The coverage Mm -hmm. does not. Um, Yeah. But is there anything else that we have about the schedule? Is there anything else that this chat has? Speak now. Well, thank you, NASCAR. Uh, um, everyone can finally start planning a, a planning accordingly now. So, thank hey, you. Yeah, I I I, po- I posed this question on Twitter, and I just have to ask: Are they still having Champions League in Nashville, or at all? <laughs> we're, we're almost at the end of the season. Nothing has been said on this. Yeah, watch them. They're just gonna have a Zoom banquet. Like, nah, just everyone stay home. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna end the poll right now that I've let go for 22 minutes. And the results are 61% of fans like the schedule for next year. The cup schedule, that is. Uh, 19% dislike it. 15% absolutely love it. So 76% are very positive on this. 3% absolutely hate it. That is 22% negative on it. So it's generally positive. But, I mean, our our crowd, like, is is pretty positive about just – Like, I, I, I admire our viewers positivity. That's that is why they're some of the best viewers. That's why they put up with us. <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> um, but I, I think that guys, I think that about covers it. I think at this point, all we got left is the Roval. Yeah. The Roval. Yeah. So um, let's, let's get into the Roval weekend. A uh, couple weekend notes to talk about. Austin Hill is back in the beard cup car, 62 car. So a 37 car field for the Roval and cup. Uh, 42 cars are showing up. For Xfinity with Boris said in the number 17 for Hendrick Motorsports, what is probably going to be his final race based on the sounds of it. Um, and I hope hey. Boris does well. I, I, hey. I love Boris. This is going hey, on a good car. Hey guys, did you hear what Boris said? For that, got I'm, him. I'm muting you for that. Oh my gosh. That, he's that, got, he got put in time out. I, I put I him in the shadow that. realm for that one. <laughs> Whoa! All right, you get it. Danny, hey. remind me never to get on Jarrett's bad side. He can mute me. Whoa! That's the thing. I can mute him, and then I have to ask him to unmute himself. <laughs> there, and you—you you are not ready to be doing these dad jokes like. That. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. ready. Yeah. Anyway, You're right. Anyway, let's get to the weekend. Um, first off, we'll go with the Xfinity race. The drive for the Cure 250, presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. Tongue twister. Uh, 67 laps in that one. 2020 and 27 are the stages starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Big NBC and PRN. It's going to be 73. A few morning showers, 62% chance of that, but then partly sunny for most of the day. Defending winner of this race will not win this weekend, I believe, A.J. Allmendinger, because uh, I don't think he's racing in this one, is he? No, they got Jordan Taylor. All right. And then we got the cup race, the Bank of America Roval 400, not the final one, uh, which say what we will about that. We'll probably put that up as a poll throughout the the, uh, end super chats on it. Uh, 
But 109 laps, 25, 25, and 59, at least is what I saw on the NASCAR website. Seems oddly short for the first stages, but Hmm. chaos, as uh, we all say, will reign supreme. Starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and PRN. Defending winner of this race is Christopher Bell. I will tell you now, the weather for Sunday is 65 degrees. Going to be pretty cool, partly sunny, only an 8% chance of rain. But we're looking good for the Roval weekend at the moment. It's been uh, cold all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Now, Darian, who do we got this weekend that I can start betting on? Who Who's going to get me some money this weekend? Well, the one thing we can't bet on anymore that this is for sure going to be the last Roval race. Got one more year. But anyways, uh, the favorites for this weekend are as followed. Chase Elliott is plus 600. Non-playoff guy being the favorite, but hey, we know his history there. William Byron, his teammate, is at plus 650. Tyler Reddick at plus 700. And rounding out the favorites, both Michael McDowell and Kyle Larson entered this weekend at plus 900. Best of the rest, A.J. Allmendinger, plus uh, 1,000. Uh, Martin Trex Jr., uh, 1,200. Kyle Busch, 1,500. Denny Hamlin, 1,800. And Ty Gibbs, 2,000. As for the underdogs, um, and again, this is just based on where they are in the odds and stuff. So if you see a couple of drivers are like, hey, he's not an underdog, according to the odds, he is. Uh, Chris Buescher, uh, plus 2,200, followed by Ryan Blaney at 2,800. Chase Briscoe, 4,500, Eric Jones, 6,500, and tied with him to round out the underdog segment is Brad Kozlowski, also at plus 6,500. Now, really quick, the NWP Fantasy League, it's getting down to it. It's uh, basically crunch time. And Sean48NY has has built a sizable gap over Trevor Sports 98, the defending league champion. Uh, the NASCAR Bears in third, Denny delivers fourth, and rounding out the top five, just barely hanging on in, in there, is Black Flags Matter. As for the second league, it's a lot closer. Uh, less than 30 points are uh, separating the field, uh, are separating one and two. I wish it was the whole field. That would make crazy. Uh, Room HMS is P1, 42 Larson 5, P2, JC underscore 43, P3, BFM, P4, and rounding out the top five is Race Roar, 48. Now, for the uh, the segment we all love, or at least most of us love, the pick points. Yes, and by the way, letting the chat know who's asking for Bell. Blame Vegas, not us. Uh, looking at the pick points at the moment. Let me, let me get all this stuff off the screen so we can put this up. Eric was happy. Because he <laughs> is only 15 behind the chat right now with 528 points. Eric, 15 back, <laughs> of course. Darian, minus 46, firmly in third ahead of me now. I'm minus 49. And Danny, pulling up the rear, minus 76. 76 racing fuel behind. I'm, tank, I'm tanking for the number one draft pick. He's, uh, he's <laughs> what is it? He's collapsing for Caleb. That's what you're doing. So, yeah. minus 76 at the moment. But Eric is uh Closing in and is well within striking distance heading mm-hmm. into the Roval weekend. Creeped it, creeped it. Jared, who did I, did I pick Zane Smith last week to win the truck race? Uh, I don't. I, th- I didn't know if you so had it in front of you. you picked, I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. You picked Blaney to win the cup race. That I know I got right, but yeah. I thought I might pick Zane and he finished dead last on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I was panicking, but Blaney, big man. <laughs> and, uh, well, 
Let's not leave these guys waiting any longer. We need to get into the picks for this. Xfinity winner, Cup Suck pick, Dark Horse, and, of course, the Cup winner. And, Eric, lead us off. How are you going to answer again to the chat? Uh, oh, is Noah saying in the chat, we we both picked Zane. Okay. Then that explains why I didn't lose any points on Saturday. Thank heavens. There you go. Uh, sorry. So Xfinity race, Roval. Uh, um, I'm going to go. I feel like this is a safer pick. I wanted to go out on a limb. I really wanted to go with Boris said. I'm not even kidding. I really did. But uh, but he's a chump. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cole Custer. I guess. All right. Well, uh, this guy's won on multiple road courses this year. In fact, his only wins are on a road course this year. I'm going to go with Sam Mayer. Good pick. Good pick. I am going to go with a guy who has led a ton of laps, has not gotten the lucky victories, but I feel like he and this team are in a good spot. I think they're going to be really good in this race. And I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier on this one. I think this is his time. Mm. Mm. I'm going I'm going to go with a completely original pick. No one bought to do this one at all. Cole Custer. Yeah, I'm riding Eric. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I know there are some 48s and 20s, but it, it's looking like the majority is double zeros for Cole Custer in the chat. By the way, chat, if we, find, if we find you all basically doing the same picks as Eric each week, we will do what we did last year to keep it even. And we're probably going to we- do that next year. Can we maybe pull the chat? Because I do feel like there's a good amount of Kligermans. Uh, I mean, give it a I'll say like double zero. I mean, I'll, I'll do uh, it, but I'm pretty sure it's know. double zero. Oh, I'm starting. I'm, I'm starting to see some for you. I think I think double zero will still win out though. But it is a lot. Yeah, it's getting a lot closer. I'm just saying it, it's pretty. It's a pretty diverse chat, so it, it's hard. It'll for be me a, to... it'll be a landslide for Kligerman for, for sure. I'm just saying, and since we started talking about, it, I've seen probably 50-50 Kligermans and Custers. So I'm just saying, it's not. I don't think it's a runaway. Let's pull it up then. Um, okay. And while we do that, let's get to the cup suck picks. Who's gonna suck this weekend? Uh, um, a Brad Keselowski. We talked about earlier. I had him. I think he falls out of the top twelve or no top eight this week. I don't care what his track record is in Xfinity, in Cup this year, especially on the road courses. He is disappointed based on the expectations and based on his past history of road racing, uh, of 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 road course experience. Uh, AJ Allmendinger is once again going to underperform again. Uh, I'm with you too. I'm going to be going Brad Keselowski. I'm sorry, before I go, are y'all saying this? You're actually going to Clickerman. Oh, good on them. It, it, it looked 50 50. I was, I thought it'd be close. It's more 58 42 right now. It's a good call, yeah. Eric. Yeah, good call. Um, but, but I'm going to Kyle Bush. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's coming in bad. He's not going to come out good. And I'm thinking it's Bubba Wallace as their pick for, uh, yeah, who's gonna going suck. to suck. I'm on the poll because yeah. Kligerman's actually gaining ground yeah. now. All right, chat. Kligerman. Okay. That'll so, be a good battle. I did not expect that to happen. I I definitely thought I saw way more Cole Custer support. It was at yeah. first, but I th- I think they want to try and pull away from Eric. I like the aggression, chat. I like yep. it. Nice. I respect it. I respect you, chat. So who's gonna be the dark horse that we respect this weekend, Eric? Uh I had it and I lost it. Oh, Ty Gibbs. I usually try to pick a playoff guy, but I'm gonna go with a non playoff guy. We'll go Ty Gibbs for this one. Yep. Just like I picked Bubba Wallace for Kansas to be an underdog based on the, you know, playoff standings. Jared won't let me forget that. Um, <laughs> I think 
Kyle Busch is a perfect underdog. He has nothing to lose. We're all expecting him to miss the playoffs, I feel like, or, you know, everyone except Dalton Good, good I feel like, to, to, um, at this point. But, yeah, Kyle Busch, um, I'm going to go with him as my underdog. It's either win or go home. Right now they have probably uh, – Bush has probably better fan, uh, chance at making the next round of the playoffs than his Panthers do at making the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> sorry sorry uh, there's very Panthers few garbage. teams i can talk trash to right now and this is one of them uh, but i'm telling you what man i'm telling you what uh he probably's gonna prove me wrong because every time i pick positively about this guy he proves me wrong uh but bubba wallace is not as trash at road courses as people think he's gonna be the dark horse i don't think he's gonna win i don't think he'll be top five uh, but I could see an eighth place run from Bubba Wallace and some stage points and being right in the mix at the end of this race. It's fair. Yeah. And this is probably the only chance I actually can do this. But at this point, it's been over a year since he's won a race and he's not in the playoffs. So Chase Elliott is actually my underdog that this could be his best chance to snap his winless streak. And I think the chat's choosing McDowell Supremacy as their underdog pick. I, I saw some Bushers. I'm sorry. I'm just going to make a unilateral decision for you and probably for your own good. Busher at a road course is not an underdog. Yeah, and you can say McDowell <laughs> isn't either, but stage racing and McDowell at road courses makes him an underdog. It puts him at a disadvantage. So I'm gonna I mean, I just, picked, I just picked freaking Chase Elliott, but it's just because of what this year is. Hey, chat, be careful now. I don't know if you want to pick. All right, go ahead. Do whatever. All right. <laughs> but that leaves one more. Wait, yes, sir. 23. You already picked him to suck. That sucks for them. Yeah. All right. And now time for the main event. Who's going to win? Who's going to win at the Charlotte Roval? Eric? William Byron. Yeah, <laughs> another another big hat victory, huh? Yeah, yeah. The hat grows stronger. Well, I'm gonna go with Tyler Reddick. <sighs> Maybe this time it'll work for me. It's worked every other time I've picked him here. We're going, Mister Popular, on him. He might he might have seven tracks he's won at in the playoffs as of next year. I think he's getting that first win of this year. Chase Elliott. I'm picking Chase. Even last year, I looked back. <laughs> Did not run a bad race, just bad things happen. I'm going with Chase. Maybe I should have swapped who I had from underdog to win, but uh, I'm actually going McDowell Supremacy. I'm saying Ooh. he can get a second win. Even though he's not in the playoffs, I think he can spoil the party here. Yeah. And, guys, we have a very torn chat. There are fives, 24s, 9s, and 45s. Would you say so? I'm put not, those put those four in a poll. Forty fives aren't as much. It's it's the Hen, I think it's a Hendrick poll, guys. Oh, there was there's thirty for seventy seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Hendrick poll probably. I am the, not adding Ty Dillon in because I don't want people thinking I'll rig a four. Poll four. Oh, we rigged I, it. I don't. Think, yeah, I don't. I don't want us. people accusing. Oh, they're coming in like crazy now. Of rigging yeah. a poll, I have no control over. So I think it's five, nine, and twenty four. You're going Hendrick on it. So let's see. Yeah. Let's pull y'all up. Cup. Wieners, who is going to win uh, at the Roval? And I'll go in numerical order. We got five with Kyle Larson. Props to them. They're trying so hard to get 77. Yeah, too late. It's too late, bro. Nah, I'm late. not going to. I am not going to drawn into that yeah. this late. You, you tell you what, the whole chat turns into 77s. Uh, 
We'll, we'll I, add there, there is generally a lot of forty fives though. I've seen a lot of forty five. Yeah, I just I, I definitely think the Hendrick guys took uh have taken over. I, it's the same people doing seventy seven, but it's still freaking funny. <laughs> yeah, the poll's already up. All right, go nuts. I think all if if it sticks with uh, Kyle Larson like it is right now, though, all five of holy Jesus, there's a lot of seventy seven. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> so so they're gonna accuse us. Of of rigging a poll and then not well, letting their obvious choice get into this one. Well, well, the argument it, it's dead to begin with because didn't they win the championship last year? So it's like, what's rigged? Like <laughs> you all won last year. So but, oh, uh, we'll let that roll for a while and let's get into the final super chat stage break of the night. Uh, right. We got some good ones starting out with Marky Mark for two saying howdy folks. Howdy, howdy Marky Mark. Yo, what's I can't up? I can't wait though for the chat to say that i'm rigging it in their benefit um <laughs> let us <laughs> help you 77 backwards guys um alex luft for 10 i've got a sinking feeling that the larson elliott rivalry will be like the senna uh is it prost feud oh prost prost oh that's a classic i'm still i'm still an f1 noob uh teammates that grew to really hate each other i hope so mm-hmm. because it's really fun yeah. watching their fan bases Oh, and then, no, dude, they hated each other. I hate it. I love fan bases that go against yeah. each other. It's fun. I, I just sit in the side, and I'm just like, <laughs> do it. Keep <laughs> fighting. Uh, Garabuki for five says, drivers, whining about not being able to pass. Meanwhile, Denny moving from 30th to 4th in, like, 20 laps. Yeah, stop crying. <laughs> A Prada for 20 says, Dale Jr. and Michael Walter worked together in DEI's prime. However, they still challenged or hung each other out at times don't forget the 2002 pepsi 400 or the 2004 mm-hmm. aaron's 499 the best uh speedway racers have always done it that's why i was like maybe dale jr isn't the best one to talk about being a lawyer <laughs> um, red dog 81 for five says if they had the choice to do so would you have preferred nascar run a race or two during the olympics on a streaming service like prime as a tryout Mm, I don't know during the Olympics though. I, mean, the Olympics I don't think you can cratering in membership. I don't. All it takes is one superstar to emerge. You know, the next Simone Biles or something, and people will all tune in. Or Taylor Swift shows up, and everyone will tune in. Um, I think if you're gonna do a streaming streaming tryout, you need to do like what they were proposing with Amazon, like a six race stretch. It can't just be like a one off. I don't think. I think you need to let it simmer for a few weeks and see if any momentum builds. That's my theory, at least. I, I think they're probably just saying, like, as a one-off. But if they did, the thing is, the problem is it's on NBC side of the year, so they just put it on Peacock, and we get, like, 20 people to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Peacock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. No. no. Uh, okay. Let's see what we got here. Garibuki for five says, let it be known that all of my friends don't watch NASCAR on TV. We stream it because it's fun to watch together online. Plus, not paying for cable. There you go. There you go. Never was cool says for five if the next television deal doesn't have a simulcast for streaming services in the next deal with an ad free experience they will never catch f1 and views well they're actually ahead of f1 but if we're talking about younger viewers younger viewers you have a a very good conversation on that for for two says bring back the gopher cam maybe without the graphic but they pretty much have it still (laughs) yeah bumblebee for 20 Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the pod race. Uh, that's what it says, actually. Take me out to the pod race. Take me out where it's loud. Buy me some blue. 
blue milk and Ronto wraps. I don't care if I ever come back. Let's root, root, root for the Empire. It's one, two, three laps and blow up yeah. your planet at the old pod race. Uh, I'll be at Hollywood Studios tomorrow. I'm going to get myself a Ronto wrap. Those are tasty. Fly Supersonic for 949 says, Hello, Fantastic Four. Last year, Ty Gibbs gave Sam Mayer a two-piece biscuit. This year, Matt gave Nick Sanchez the four-piece chicken wing with fried rice combo. No, I think he. I think he just. I think he just threw the hot grease on uh, Nick Sanchez. Uh, Damn, face. what there an analogy! Go. Gosh, <laughs> I just lost my spot. So hold on. Uh, there we go. Tyron McGonagall with two, uh, two-dollar super chats. Byron's average finish for the round two is a one point five. Very good. Very good. Nice. Uh, and also, t- Deegan top 10, hang the banner. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the gun, thank you for the 10. Uh, you have no arms or legs. We call to draw. <laughs> gun. <laughs> That's a funny name. Tam uh, plays games for two. Imagine body checking a truck so hard at DNF's goat. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe for five cameras missed the real story with Norm Benning swooping down in the garage area, bumbling both yeah. drivers and bashing again, yeah. proving he is Batman. Justice. Uh, Antar Das for the five. I just got out of rehearsal, and when I went to put on my clarinet away, the entrance to our rehearsal hall smelled like a certain drug that starts with M. Oh. <laughs> Nicholas, thank you for the five. Imagine NASCAR's popularity if Taylor Swift started dating a NASCAR driver. By the way, the highlight of the race NASCAR posted on YouTube was number 28 trending videos. Hmm. Hang the banner. No, I'm kidding. That's actually We're uh, trending. Groovy Goose for the two. 2025 schedule idea. Run Talladega on Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah, the teams will love that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. They'll love that. You mean to tell me I've got to go where? <laughs> at least you can get drunk to afterwards. So that's a positive, I guess. Uh, Groovy Goose for ten. Crafton. Oh my god. Oh, uh, is this it? is his words, not mine. Crafton is a washed-up has-been who should have retired years ago, taking the seat from a younger driver who could use it. Guess the winless seasons are worth it. To Sanchez, you need a better oh. comeback. Damn. Oh, damn. He got, damn. damn. I don't care who damn. won or lost that fight. Both them guys got leveled by that super chat. Yeah, they violated <laughs> Never was cool for five. Uh, NASCAR, he says, one, NASCAR doesn't consider Atlanta a super speedway. And two, I do do like that now super speedways uh as a cutoff anywhere oh that aren't a cutoff anywhere is probably what you mean to say yeah i mean i liked it as the regular season cutoff i'll just be honest it was simple easy to keep track mm-hmm. of you know one final chance to win your way in anyone can understand that um but if but i'm with you nascar may not think of atlanta as a super like they, they have to if they're being honest with themselves i think they do but like maybe maybe like officially that's still like oh it's an intermediate track i don't know uh yeah i i have to say though if daytona is not the regular season finale after this year there's really no point to me in putting it later in the year or you have to have it somewhere that it'll matter ratings wise yeah i'm still Mm -hmm. holding by it i think at some point they're going to put it as the finale 
I still think they're going to. Yeah, either I mean, in the playoff, like either like to open up the playoffs or like a finale. No, I I, I, I think it could be the the season finale at some points. An ISC track, a warm climate in November, not much rain that time of year compared to, comparatively, not much in the hurricane. Like, I still think it's going to end up that way at some point, and when it does. I will sadly be like, oh yeah, I was right. Great. I told you so. No, I wouldn't even say that. I'm just like, damn it. I, <laughs> um, I was damn it. Fred, Fred Dog eighty one though for ten. Let's let's bring it back to the present instead of the future. Uh best part of the twenty four schedule, Texas no longer in the playoffs. Don't care how you excuse scapegoat it, Texas sucks. Or sugarcoat, oh. I should say. So, does that uh i'll say it loud enough for the back texas sucks spits at whataburger to make eric right damn <laughs> no that place is good though attack at you eric What's yeah that place is harsh man you gotta come back for him no nah, he, he's uh, too was, cool to care he's too cool to care i don't know where he's from but uh it's it's probably a lot sadder i like whataburger yeah whataburger's great yeah whataburger bucky's texas you want junk food you come to Dr. Pepper, I was going to say, come to, you want junk food, come to Texas. Yeah. You Anybody want diabetes, like Texas, come to Texas. Tennessee has all that stuff now anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also uh, got H-E-B. <laughs> don't have that. Well, one. hey, you know what yeah. both have in common? They both all shut down when you get like a quarter inch of snow. That's facts. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Ross Crash Stain for two. Regular season finale in USA. Well, at least, uh, I don't know. There's a silver lining in there. Uh, I, I see Blue Jimmy in the chat. Diabetes. Uh, <laughs> Rocky Gordon, thank you for being a member of the Iceberg. I appreciate it. Uh, I got. Th- I got to think of a better name. It's like kind of seems. I kind of make it sound like a cult. Um, welcome to the Iceberg. Uh, Tyler McGonagall, thank you for the five. So happy the Roval is coming back. One of my favorite races of the year. Low key upset that there's not a dirt race. Deegan to Xfinity. Go Byron. Uh, mm. I must say this. Mm-hmm. I like the Bristol Dirt Race. I thought they had it right. Yeah, I liked it too. I liked it too. But then, like, I don't know. Like a bunch of people were like, "No, thank God it's gone." I'm like, "Where did y'all come from?" It's, I it's it was the pendulum. Great. In in three years, you're gonna hear more people hate the concrete start, I mean, and then they're yeah. gonna go back. Seriously, yeah. I was at all three dirt races. I supported it, but I was like the gimmick. The, the the novelty was gone after yeah. a third year to me. But also, but also to digging to Xfinity, no, not at all. It I mean, that's happen. what the rumors are. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, let's look a little further here. Ross crash stain for two. Ty won a stage at the Roval in 2020. Why not? <laughs> Flow for two. Why choose a mid driver when your NFL team is also mid? My team's oh. not mid. They suck. Oh, oh. <laughs> We all, we all are. Uh, Darian, I don't care what you say about the Rams. All of our teams are mid to bad. Rebuild, rebuild. I'm, I'm undecided on mine. One week they look horrible. The other week yeah. they can win the Super Bowl. That hey, is like to- that is like the the equivalent of NFL mediocrity right there. All of our hey. teams are mediocre. A couple things. Shout out to Puka, uh, one of the greatest rookie wide receivers ever. And if they beat Philadelphia this weekend, I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> God, it'll be 2018, Darian. He'll be in Crazy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not go too far now. Let's relax. <laughs> anyway, uh, Alessandro, thank you for the 10. This silly season has been silly, to say the least. I would not be surprised if Hendrick Motorsports announces a manufacturer change from Chevy to Mini Cooper or Subaru at this point. <laughs> Subaru! Um, <laughs> that should be made into a sound we can use. <laughs> 
Uh, Hello FR for two says CMV Talladega or Daytona needs to be last race. Uh, Nap Racing Van 927 for two says why no Richmond doubleheader makes too much sense. Isaac for two says, hey guys, did you know Ty Dillon's driving the 54? By the way, doubleheader for Richmond, I want to say. I I do support it for this year. That's it. And this year only. This year only. Uh, And then... Red Dog 81 for five. Sorry, Eric. I didn't mean it about Whataburger. I just hate Texas Motor Speedway that much. Damn. <laughs> it's okay, Fred Dog. I understand. I had to send another super chat just to clarify. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't mean to. I, my haphazard retali- retort wasn't that great, but I apologize for it. Um, and that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do, pig. That'll do for the super chats. Uh, really quick, the poll is up. The jig, the jig is up. They finally found him. The winner that they're picking is Kyle Larson, 39%, to Elliott's 31 and Byron's 28 So you are picking Kyle Larson. All five of us have different picks for the cup race. And, uh, five. and that's it, guys. Guys, we uh, I am looking at the itinerary right now, and we have one, two, three, four, five. Five shows remaining. We're going to be on Eric's channel next week on October 11th. And then October 18th is episode 250 on Danny B's channel. So back to back weeks, you've got to watch. 50. Yeah. I can't believe we made it this long. But yeah. And unfortunately, I, get, I do got to say, good to be back this week. Unfortunately, I will not be here next week. Do have to say that. Sorry, guys. That's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll have a fun week next week either way. And to episode 250 after that. But, guys, I think that about covered it. Why, why is it? Why are you holding up? Because you said it next week's show, oh, October, October 11th. 11th. <laughs> All right, guys. I, I think this is this is getting out of hand. Uh, now there are two, three, seven of them. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's call it at that, guys. Let's head out. Y'all have a great night at home. Hope to see you again. We'll see you again. In the coming weeks. Goodbye. 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 Goodb